Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 13 of Sophia's Choice, the Golden Girls Podcast. I am Alan and of course joined by Ski hello, hello. and Brent. Bonjour, bonjour. <laughs> I don't appreciate you Frenching this up, <laughs> Brent. <laughs> Pay tribute to the cheesy and surrender <laughs> I think your tribute now just got uh, <laughs> turned into um, something different. That's but, a, it's a groundskeeper willy line. Oh, yeah, I know it is. <laughs> but when you say I'm paying tribute, oh. <laughs> and then... Should I have said homage? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, perhaps. That, that actually might have been a, a, a more accurate term in yeah, general, exactly. but... Anyways, uh, so uh, it'll be normal format today. Ski doing our recap. Yeah. Um, uh, we'll go ahead and do our, our recap and favorite lines, MVPs of the episode, and of course our score out of eight slices of cheesecake as we're working towards picking the best episode of the entire series. So We'll follow it up with a 55-minute coda. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah I, I will warn you right now. Um, at the end of this episode, there is going to be about 40 minutes after the closing. If you want to stick around and listen to us just bullshitting about different things, it's fairly enjoyable, but uh, it's also skippable if you're only here for the Golden Girls-related content. <laughs> you so. found it enjoyable, but your mileage may vary. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's well, a very well fair assessment. <laughs> I would imagine. I think that most people would enjoy it. Um, I think if you have made it this far, then you like our interactions, mm. and that's purely our interactions without the confines of <laughs> <laughs> the structure of the show. <laughs> so if you like that part, then great. If you really just want us to get from one scene to the next and hurry up to get to the rating, <laughs> well, number one, you could really just skip through to the end anyway. <laughs> um, Do you put the rating in the, like, your recap? Nope, they got you gotta listen, listen to the show, yeah. Right, it has the bitter end. That's right. So, should we start and sort it into the middle just to <laughs> just to throw things off? Um, I, I don't know. I could think. Now, of, I will say we do that kind of with the uh, favorite lines. Yeah, pro- probably for, um, the, for the Christmas anthology. I think I inserted my partial scores. You did. Yeah, I think you did as we went. But then we also summed it up at the end. The so tally. Yeah. So, anyways, tally but <laughs> indeed. <laughs> So we'll go ahead and turn it over to Ski to uh, start us off on our recap. Again, Season 2, Episode 13, The Stan Who Came to Dinner. All right. Uh, the original air date was January 10th, 1987. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. So, you know, there have been a couple dozen TV shows who have used, like, some variation of, like, the blank who came to dinner uh-huh. or whatever. But the Golden Girls are one of only two shows who've gone with The Stan Who Came to Dinner. Ah, what was the other show? Uh... Five years and one week later, uh, there was a very special episode of Rock. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to think that it was Stan from the Golden Girls that came to dinner, <laughs> but I doubt it. Um, yeah. Do you know on the Hulu, um, they've got a section um, called the Stanley Chronicles, which has like just the 14 Stan episodes really? all sort of bundled together. So huh. can... That's interesting. I know, you know, which we'll get to our ratings at the end, but... Um, I don't feel like Stan is a net positive, personally, on the episodes. Yeah. Did you say there's only 14 Stan episodes? Yeah. That's still a lot. That's I mean, like that's two, two episodes season. seasons. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it just seems like he'd be in more, uh, I guess I'm overestimating, yeah. I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess this is his probably fourth appearance in the show <laughs> so far, more like halfway through season. So I guess it gets a little less Stan heavy, you know, yeah. just overall for the next five and a half seasons. <laughs> but anyways... So, Ski, I'll go ahead and let you uh, kick off your recap. Uh, it's written by Kathy Spear and Terry Grossman. <laughs> and directed, of course, by uh, Mr. Terry Hughes. Is this Mr. Wright? 
Mr. Terese? Yeah, yeah, he's a lady. He's a lady? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how he identifies. Uh, so we kind of opened the In 1987, he almost certainly identified <laughs> as a mister, but today, in a more open society, then... Either. I hope Depends he, on the hour of the day. I hope they identify however they feel comfortable. There you <laughs> so, go. Whatever. They're <laughs> true as... I'm whatever. fine with whatever. But have you guys seen the new Adams Family cartoon? Mm-mm. It's, um, it's really solid. Um... You know, me and one of my kids were big fans of the original two Adams Family movies. Mm-hmm. And today we finally got around to watching the new cartoon, and we both really enjoyed it. But there was one character um, who was named Parker. Mm-hmm. The cartoon movie, like the 3D he, one? Uh, well, it was computer animated. Yeah. It came out last year. Um, so the character's name was Parker. And I could not figure out if it was a boy or a girl mm. until about halfway through the movie. And then, like, the character became just very, very definite, you know, feminine and everything like that. Oh, okay. And it's like they changed their mind partway through. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was odd. <laughs> they slept in ambiguous for a yeah, little while. Yeah, like, cause... the first half of the movie was <clears throat> ambiguous. Cause, like, you know, like, we're in a bow tie, but it was pink. And, I mean, like, it was just odd things. And, right. Like, the Parker had sort of a, you know, a boyish voice and a boyish face and everything like that. But then became a definite girl like partway through. It was, it was just a very odd total shift. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it is. Uh, who knows? I mean, they may have started off writing it one way. Oh, I mean, with the animation, obviously, you yeah, know, that's yeah. something that they'd have to have a pretty well decided by the time yeah, they put yeah. pen to well, pen to ink. But you know, so uh, well, like mouse I, to pad. Well, <laughs> I was watching it, and I was like, well, I was, "Is Parker a boy or a girl?" Because at first, I thought it was like a boy. Who had a crush on um, Wednesday? Mm, okay, and then I was like, "Well, I'm not sure. You know, maybe Parker. You know, I was just confused. And I was, and you know, if you're watching a movie about the Adams family, you know, it's going to be about you know being tolerant and acceptant of people who are different, right? Whatever. Yeah. And I was like, "Well, this is a really, really progressive cartoon." And then I don't know. I guess he just gave up halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> So you think that originally, like in the in the screenplay of it, it was a they, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. they decided like, ah, oh, I don't know, there's too many families that aren't as progressive as what we'd like this movie exactly. to be. So too controversial. Gonna, exactly. Yeah. Like the fundamentalists are already going to be pissed off. We really have to throw another log on that fire of hatred. Yeah, they, this family's already mysterious and ooky. Exactly. <laughs> All together kooky. I will say the funniest joke in the entire damn movie um, was uh, the thing, you know, the little hand mm-hmm, yeah. or whatever, um, was uh, surfing the internet looking at pictures of feet, <laughs> which I thought was really, really funny. Yeah, yeah that definitely is. And probably, I don't know, there's a lot of fetishes out in the world. Feet is one that I don't understand, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, it's brilliant to have it be the fetish of a hand. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys ever see that movie Home? Uh, yeah, yeah, I have. Yeah, okay. with the little, um, I think Jim Parsons does yeah, the voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, Rihanna, is she the girl? I think she might yeah. be, yeah. So there's a joke in that movie that I think about probably once a week. That's <laughs> 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 um, like a reoccurring trend. <laughs> yeah, like he's an alien, um, and they're talking about bodily functions or whatever. And he's like, yo, we have a number one and a number two. And we also have a number three um, that we do once a year. 
it's really not a holiday, but you do want to take the day off work. <laughs> Which I think is just the funniest alien joke ever. This is called Home? Yeah. Is it yeah. a movie? Or? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, it's like he's I'm part of an sure. alien race called the Boove, I think. Something yeah. like that. Yeah, it's a good movie. It's, yeah. it's pretty funny. Um, yeah. Is it an animation too, or is it live action? Animation. animation. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I'd recommend it. I mean, it's probably something that I would never have watched if I didn't have kids. Yeah. Because um, it's more, it's not like Pixar, whatever type yeah. level. It's but a DreamWorks. Yeah. Like some DreamWorks or whatever. But, it, but it's still a solid movie, solid yeah. enough to watch. I'll have to look it up. Yeah. When I look up Popeye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I pre-ordered my copy. I saw that. <laughs> yeah. Thought it was pretty nice that so Brent sent us both a link, you know, because he's uh, you know adamant that we need to watch uh, the Robin Williams Popeye movie. I don't know if we discussed it on the podcast or not, but we may have. Um, but so he sent us a link because that is now going to be available on Blu-ray here soon. And Ski, I thought it was great that Ski noticed that the link he sent us was to a like Amazon Cares account. Um, <laughs> so, Amazon Smile, smiles, smiles, yeah, yeah. So that it could go towards the charity of Brent's choice, which yeah. I think was something about teachers being allowed to date their students kind of a thing. <laughs> even, my, even my capitalism is woke. <laughs> so, it wasn't my charity. It was um, my hometown's, you know, preservation society. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the theater that I grew up with, my cinema, mm-hmm. you know, and different things. So. Yeah, very nice. That is uh, good to give even a little bit back uh, through those things you're going to spend money on anyway, right? Yeah. I, sh- I think I, I just got an email the other day. Like, of everybody who gives to that particular charity, like the Smile Amazon thing, has given like $1,080 grand total. Hmm. Um, and of that, like, I think I've given like 120 of the dollars. Oh, wow. So, like, about <laughs> so you 10%. Are a serious of competitor the or yeah, a good contributor. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty awesome. So It's like a yeah. tip, yeah. Yeah. That's math. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lowercase m. <laughs> oh, God, so. <laughs> Um, spoiler alert for the bonus episode at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I was do I had to do I was doing an interview, and everything was going well. Like the interview phone interview went fine, and like hey we need you to do a writing sample, and so I did that, and then like okay we need you to take um a, I thought it was a personality test, but it turns out it was way more involved, and there were like analogies and different things it's like. Creek is to riverbed. Well, oh, okay. Pond is to SATs, storm basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I. Right. But then it got into like some hardcore math and like just these algebraic equations and everything mm. like that. I'm, you know, freaking doing the foil method trying to figure this stuff <laughs> out. And and like they they set up front. It's like okay, it'll take you about an hour. And so I put on um, an 80-minute fish um, set that I wanted to listen to. Mm-hmm. And I was like, i got to be done by the time this thing ends, <laughs> you know. And I ended up taking 55 minutes, so I was there. So, like, um, <clears throat> when I did my next interview, um, they asked me, you know, at the end, like, now, do you have any questions? And I was like, yes, I would like to discuss my math score. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, well, <laughs> you know, since you've been great so far, we'll go ahead and share that with you. <laughs> your math score was right where it needed to be. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, that's good because, you know, it's it's definitely not my forte. You know, I was comfortable with everything up to the math, but then I wasn't sure. And they're like, no, it's, um, it was right where it needed to be. 
And I was like, good to hear. And they're like, yep, not too high at all. And I was like, <laughs> I was like what, what do you mean? And they're like, well, you know, if the math score would have been too low, then it's one of those things that you probably would have struggled with the job. But if your math score would have been too high, then typically you have a hard time interacting with other people. Hmm. Um, and so, so it's basically a personality exam. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. And so my math score was right in the sweet spot. Uh, where, like, you know, I wasn't too smart for them. But not too dumb for them either. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So none of that rising tides lift all ships. Yeah. Crap. I like to think they were like, there's just someone really insecure there. And it's like, well, mm -hmm. I want someone who I think is good enough to do the job I need mm -hmm. him to do, but he's not going to threaten to take my position. So <laughs> exactly, I'd like to think it was somebody in the payroll department who's like, "Ah, they won't notice if we round down." Right, <laughs> <laughs> and that's how the company stays afloat. Exactly. <laughs> I applied to Cummins one time uh, uh -huh. for it was not an internship; it was like, uh -huh. an, I think it was an apprenticeship actually. Uh -huh. And so ultimately, I would become a journeyman doing drafting for them, right? Uh -huh. Yeah. And they said, you know the. Uh, Applications all online. Yeah, uh, it takes about an hour to fill out. Yeah. Well, so I went through the first portion, which is like putting up the entire like all my uh, mm -hmm. resume stuff basically into their template, right? Yeah. yeah. And that did take about 30, 40, 50 minutes. So yeah. it was a very yeah. lengthy process. Yeah. And then they said there's a short uh, exam at the end. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, that short exam. Uh -huh was chock full of algebra and calculus. Uh -huh. It took me a good four hours to complete. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, there's, there on the interstate there, what is it, the carpet layers union mm -hmm. that you can see from the interstate there? Yeah, I think so. Um, like, who the hell pissed off the carpet layers so bad that they felt <laughs> the need to unionize? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm sure that... Um... You know, there was some company out there that they laid, like, you know, basically, like, the entire, you know, convention center or something like that. And they're like, well, exactly. that's all counts as one room. And exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. But, yeah. Well, if we're talking about people like Slight and people who work for them, uh, you know. I thought you were going to start talking about how you and I have never been paid for this podcast. <laughs> yeah, well, trust me, you guys are 100% equals in the uh, profit sharing. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, well, I, I have this goal um, by the end of the series. So right now we're around 1,700 listens. Okay. Um, now that's. We're recording this after episode, I think, six of season two has been out. So, you know, we're, yeah, exactly. So we're about seven weeks, you know, out from that when this actually uh, airs, if you will. Um, but my hope is to get to 10,000 listens by the end of, which I think is reasonable. Um, yeah. Going by our average of just season one, we wouldn't make it there. But our <laughs> but our average listeners definitely increased a lot by the end of season one. So that's uh, that's kind of the goal I'm shooting for now. I don't think seven seasons worth of a show with 800 or uh, 10,000 listens. Although that would be really cool in my book. I don't think it's enough that we're ever going to get the uh, advertisers knocking <laughs> on our door. So, so I think that that profit sharing you're seeing now, is probably going to be about the same that you'll see. 
yeah. you know, once we're closing out season seven. So. Well, if you're out there, Prince is my idol. Listen early and listen often. <laughs> <laughs> and if we ever do happen to have something we're advertising for, for God's sakes, buy it. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> you figure if we had 40 people all purchasing whatever we were advertising, mm-hmm. then we yeah. probably could get some advertisers for that. <laughs> 40 people, you think that's enough? <laughs> I, if 40 people... Now, listen, we're not getting to get, like, fucking State Farm. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but but if we if it, well if we can sell forty stamps, <laughs> <laughs> I think that if we had like a, like for example, there's a, a podcast, a, a Disney podcast I listen to, and they yeah. have a they advertise for a book. Okay. I bet if every episode, if he sold forty books from that, okay. that would probably be enough to justify a the advertising cost. Right, exactly. I mean, it depends on what you're paying. Yeah, you know, like, and it also depends on what we were getting paid. If we were getting paid, I don't know, like. 50 bucks a week or something, and someone could sell 40 books at $20 a book, you know, $2,000 worth of books a week, mm-hmm. and when they were paying us 50 bucks, they'd probably be coming out well ahead on that, right? Yes, maybe. I don't know. They definitely would be. <laughs> <laughs> Is that an uppercase, Emma? What's that? The math? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that is, uh, you know, completely out of the range of possibilities. So, <laughs> it's a $20 book, but like, after you know royalties and expenses and all that sort, so they're making what five bucks a copy. Okay, so you, so five bucks a copy times forty. Yeah, so that would still be two hundred bucks. They'd be giving us fifty of that. I'd say that's pretty good. They're making one fifty. Yeah, one hundred fifty bucks. You think it's worth their time to contract like to generate ad copy and give to us and make sure we read it? And... Sure. I mean, what like to type out two paragraphs or whatever it would be for <laughs> us to read? I'd say so. I tell you what, for one hundred fifty bucks a week. Yeah. <laughs> So, it's a. I'll prob- write the ad copy if anybody wants to cut me a check. Oh. <laughs> I thought you were going to offer. Oh, so now, so when you say cut you a check, like if we're advertising for them, you're willing to write the copy. Yeah, like they just they, need to tell you the product. They would make a check payable for fifty dollars to Sophia's Choice Podcast. Okay. That we would split three ways. So thirteen or what, sixteen, sixty-seven. Each. Yeah, exactly. And then a separate check for fifty dollars to me. Oh, so, <laughs> so I can write the script. So and, now they're down to hundred bucks profit if everybody buys their. Exactly. <laughs> you know. Exactly. I'll give you guys a couple lines. Oh. <laughs> That's just for the first week, though, Alan. Right. I can just keep on going. I mean, yeah, you just write once. That's true. Oh, that's right. So yeah, you're only getting the one fifty dollars, but we're gonna keep adding it on to every episode, right? Yeah. Sure. So yeah. Um, now, if I wrote the script, would you guys like read it and everything? Uh, it depends on if it defamed me, but <laughs> <laughs> it would definitely defame you. <laughs> I would probably take some creative license. Uh, <laughs> oh, we don't want to piss off State Farm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't think Brad from State Farm. <laughs> Is the guy. I think if it's anybody advertising, it's uh, like I said, it'd have to be some very niche <laughs> product, <laughs> yeah, specifically for Golden Girls fans, um, yeah. I would think. But. I had a Republican come to my door oh. um, two weeks back. Um, did you mention the podcast? I did not. Well, then you're the fucking um, problem. But <laughs> <laughs> no, like, I was just thinking, like, what if one of them guys wanted to advertise here? Um, but I, I didn't let him inside or anything like mm. that. But I asked, I was like, no. Like a candidate came to your house? He was on behalf of a candidate. Okay. Um, somebody for state senator or something like that. Mm. 
Um, and he like he gives me a flyer, and the flyer did not have like a party affiliation on it. Oh, okay. And I was like, "Was well, this guy a Republican or a Democrat?" And he's like, "Oh, well, he's a Republican." And I was like, "Oh, no, thank you." It's <laughs> 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 a flyer, and he was like, "Don't you want to know where he stands on the positions?" And I was like, "I don't care anymore." <laughs> and it's like, and I, I should have, I should have been more eloquent than that. I should have been like, "Well, I don't recognize the Republican Party as an institution any longer." Or, Something along those lines, or even just try to trick him. I was like, well, how often does he stand with our president? And if the guy's like, 10 out of 10, I'd be like, good day, sir. I said good day. Exactly. I, I didn't do anything. I was like, are you a Republican? I'm good. Enjoy your day. Yeah. I highly forward to the day. I, I do think that eventually we'll get back to a point to where there isn't such stark lines between the two parties and there's a lot more gray area again. Um, Cause that's where I think most of us all fell in, in the past. I hope we all fall there again at some time in the, in our lifetimes. <laughs> so, yeah. But cause I think that's where most of America falls. There's, there's certainly people who really fall hardcore on all the issues to one side or the other. Most of America falls in the middle 80%, not the far or many, the middle sixty think the golden girls fall. Do you think they speckle across the spectrum, or I think it depends on one side or the other. If the golden girls have their exact attitudes by today's standards, then I think they would fall to the right. I think though by by the standards of nineteen eighty seven, I think they fall fell definitely to the left. But I just don't, you know. I mean, think, you know, they're not as woke as what someone I would say. You would say even by today's standards, yeah. you would call them left? I'd say center left center today. Left. Um, Fair, yeah. Far, not far left, but three quarters left okay. at the time. I mean, I think I, I think they're all at the age where theoretically, you know, you know, they're accepting their social security and their Medicare and everything like that. Right. And that's more of a left issue is like, don't cut my check. <laughs> <laughs> I need my monies. <laughs> yeah, that may be true. <laughs> so... Yeah, anyway. Well, to that end, that's interesting because I think nowadays a lot of Republicans are older and have very conservative views, but yeah. consider themselves Republican, but are definitely taken from the well. <laughs> exactly. They're like, you know, well, listen, I paid into this. Yeah. <laughs> Another spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that we caught all of that, um, but uh, yeah, th- there'll be little bits and pieces of what we're talking about now that may relate if you do decide to stick around for the 40 minutes. This is our memento episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, really, it's like, here we are now, 22 minutes into we still this part. Really started yeah, we have we literally haven't even started the I first scene. I feel I should really reread everything I've said already. Yeah, I mean, that should only take about 20 seconds. <laughs> so... <laughs> So that intro you were talking about? Let me give you the Cliff Notes version. <laughs> he wanted to sexually assault the disabled. I will, I will say this is a shorter synopsis than, than a lot of ones we've had. So. Oh, okay. You well, power through? Yeah, we may have to try to try to burn through this one a little quickly. All right. Episode uh, 13, season two. Uh, the Stand Who Came to Dinner. Episode 38 overall. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, original air date, January 10th, 1987. Written by Kathy Spear and Terry Grossman. Directed by Terry Hughes, who we think may be a guy and girl. Who cares? Well, probably Terry. Um, we think he may be a guy or a girl. Yeah. <laughs> Not afraid to take a stand. Right? <laughs> One of those. Likely. Potentially not. 
Well, uh, there's a resource where we can look it up. <laughs> right. <laughs> if only, you know. If only. Uh, open the living room. Sophia enters uh, the living room as the doorbell rings. Uh, she proceeds to sit down still on the couch and open the magazine. See, I think the fact that she was not sitting yet when the doorbell rang means she should have went on to get it. Yeah. I think so. I'm... You know, if she had been sitting first and then it rang, then she can defer to the others. Yeah. I mean, I thought her attitude about answering it was funny, but it, mm-hmm. it definitely wasn't really earned. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. If, if you're already standing, you should just go ahead and walk the mm-hmm. five steps to the door to open yeah. it up. <laughs> Those are nine Sophia steps. Well, that's true. Well, <laughs> she does have tiny. So Dorothy and Blanche holler from the rooms uh, for Rose to get the door uh, as they're clearly getting ready to go out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rose is also busy, however, and uh, she asks Sophia if she could answer for him. Um, so I'm wondering maybe if Sophia didn't answer knowing that the other girls were expecting somebody. Like she knew it wasn't for her? Yeah. Maybe she knew that Blanche and Dorothy were going out because they're getting ready. Obviously, they've been probably... Prepping for a little while now. Yeah. See, I don't know that she did because she seemed surprised by who was at the door. That's true. Everything. Yeah. Like in the fact, well, I guess it's the fact that there were two people at the door. Yeah. Right. So uh, she she uh, consents, but sarcastic comments. So why not? She's old and has plenty of chances to relax in her lifetime. Uh, she answers, and it's a pair of twin gentlemen, mm-hmm. Rob and Bob. Uh, they are there to pick up Blanche and Dorothy for uh, a double date. Mm-hmm. Blanche comes out first to greet them and is surprised to find out that her date Rob and his brother are twins. <laughs> Rob and Bob have two of my all-time favorite IMDb pages. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I look at those too. Yeah. I did not look them up. It, it's nothing, basically. I mean, they have IMDb pages. It tells their birth date and that they're actors best known for the Golden Girls, which is oh, really? their, their only credit. Um, and did, apparently... Did you see the trivia? No, what was the trivia? Okay. <laughs> Do you want Rod's trivia or um, Odile's uh, trivia? I guess give me Odile's first. Okay. Odile's trivia is as follows. Okay. Um, you know, exact same biography as, <laughs> as Rob. Um, his trivia. Okay. His twin brother, Rob, played Rob in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> and if we go to Rob's trivia, it is... His twin brother Odile played Bob in this episode. <laughs> well, they had thought. <laughs> one thing I thought was interesting too. I don't know if you noticed this, but the one brother's name in the show is Rob. Uh-huh. Um, it says his name on IMDb is Rod with a D at the end. But that for this show, he was credited as Rob. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know if they were like, well. You know, I, I don't remember what his name is, Rod, Rob, whatever. Just go ahead and throw him on the credits. <laughs> um, but uh, was it Rod with a D? I thought it was Rob. In the show, it was Rob with okay. a B. But in the credit, like his IMDb page, his name is Rod with a D. So, oh. well, like his Christian name, his name in real life is Rod. Yeah, with a D. But it says that he appears in Golden Girls, credited as Rob. He's so it's like in the credits for that episode. Apparently, he was listed as Rob um, as, like not as his character name but as his actor name as being Rob in the credits for the show gotcha I'm tracking with you so I thought it was odd but yeah Rod and Odd I, and I really Tom. wish that Rob was his real name just because then his name would be Rob Sob which I, <laughs> <laughs> is a pretty great name but Rob and Bob Sob yeah 
Uh, so, uh, yeah, they're twins. They're uh, there to pick up Dorothy and Blanche. I wish we would have bought a Saab at the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how big Saabs were in 87, but that would have been yeah. a good button at the end. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rob mistakenly assumes that Blanche's roommate, the one that will be joining him on the date, is Sophia. Uh, she, he makes a kind of snide comment uh, about her advanced age. I think he said, what do you call her? Do you remember? He called her uh, grandma. Yes, he didn't tell me your roommate was Grandma Moses, which that immediately made me think, like, well, fuck Rob. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. um, if you're going to come. And she didn't really say anything mean to him. I think she said something like. How many of me do you see? Right. Um, twins there. Yeah. And she made a rude comment to the girls for not answering the door about, uh-huh. you know, had she done everything all day anyway yeah. and what's one more thing type <laughs> of a thing. So, and my favorite part of that whole interaction was, you know, how many of me do you see? Um, and then the dude's like, you know, we're here for Blanche. And Sophia's like, well, I guess she's back from the vitamins. Yeah, yeah, that was a, that might have been my favorite line of the episode. Yeah. Huh? That was yeah, a really good. There was another one coming up here. But, uh, yeah, Sophia was off to a really hot start in this episode with that and a couple others. So. <laughs> I should have included that one of my notes and did not. Yeah. That's fine. <clears throat> Blanche explains that Sophia is Dorothy's mother. Just as she emerges from the uh, room and apologizes for keeping them waiting, they have a bit of fun at the fact that nobody knew uh, they were twins before that time. But Rob points out that uh, Blanche, that he'd mentioned that uh, previously, that his brother and him were just alike. Yeah. Obviously. Well, it's like Dorothy did not do a double take at all. No. Like, yeah. It didn't phase her at all that they were identical twins. Right. And obviously, Blanche never would have said anything to her about it either. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I don't know. Dorothy comes out and she apparently is dressed for a funeral with a little flare. With like, <laughs> I mean, it was very much like a black dress with then a little pink flower on it. Um, um, she did not, I don't know. It, it wasn't like an evening gown black either. It was yeah. like a conservative um, yeah. morning type of uh, an ensemble. Now, did Rose ever get a meet Rob or Bob? Um, she walked in the room, yeah. uh, so she probably at least saw them. I don't know if she was introduced to them, though. Gotcha. She so. was. Oh, was she introduced them? Okay. That. So, you know, upon hearing that they're just alike, quote-unquote, uh, Blanche kind of takes Dorothy to the side and says, you're going to be thanking me for years to come. Mm-hmm. Apparently he's quite the stallion. Uh, I'm guessing. He looks it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with the uh, smirk on her face, she says that. Uh, the doorbell rings again, and uh, Dorothy answers it again. Uh, or Dorothy answers this time to see Stan. Uh, she winces when she sees him, and uh, Blanche, you know, gives Stan a less than stellar but nonetheless upbeat introduction to the twins. Uh, Stan insists that he needs Dorothy to uh, go over a stack of papers uh, prior to a surgery he'll soon be having. Yeah. So, so Dorothy and Stan are standing there. The door, front door is closed, right. but they're standing in front of it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Rob and Bob are, you know, a foot and a half and two feet away from them, okay? And yet they're both looking off in the complete opposite direction. <laughs> like, like it just, I, I realize that they're not a part of the conversation, but you think they'd at least be following along with the conversation? Yeah, yeah just kind of <laughs> looking on. Um, yeah, I don't know where they got these two from, <laughs> because <laughs> they were terrible actors. Yeah, uh, it makes sense. They're only credit. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the way, I mean, now granted, this isn't their fault at all, but you know, their outfit very much matches Dorothy, where it looks like a couple of pallbearers. Uh, <laughs> exactly. But um, Maybe that's the fun they were going to have that evening. Yeah, it could be. They're going to bury a friend. But. I don't know, but like, 
They both, like, they show, between, like, their outfits and their general demeanor, it's like whomever was in charge of casting for the Golden Girls was like, well, we had such a, you know, great episode with Paul Dooley. Let's find two more just like him. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, these two did not quite live up to that standard. <laughs> they, did not, they did not come back. <laughs> Uh, after some back and forth, uh, Dorothy tells him that uh, they'll just have to do the the paperwork another time. Uh, Stan then tells her to you know go ahead and have fun, but that he'll be waiting there for her when she returns. Uh, then she kind of realized that this may actually be a very serious surgery. See, I just assumed he was cock blocking Bob. <laughs> yeah, it felt that way too. Um, yeah, this episode, I'm not you know I'm not a fan of Stan in general. This yeah. episode did nothing to sway that. Um, yeah, yeah. I wasn't a fan of the episode, but that's okay because I brought the funny in other episodes. Areas, yeah. Right. We'll get our laughs one way or the other. Yeah, exactly. Right. We have to provide them. So. <laughs> and this is the point where Rose enters the room, and Dorothy actually asks her if she can take her place on the date, carrying Ted Hughes' water once again. Yeah. <laughs> Who's Ted Hughes? He directed this one. Terry Hughes. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I just smiled and nod because a lot of times Brent says things that are over my head. Oh. <laughs> so I was afraid I, I missed was like, it. Who's Ted Hughes? Is he like another director or something? <laughs> um, <laughs> there's a Sonic Youth um, album called Isaac Hughes, Ted Hughes. Oh, okay. that's, that's maybe what I was thinking. Oh, of. fair enough. I love Sonic Youth. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, so we'll be <laughs> I feel like I need to leave that whole silence in there. <laughs> the <let> up that. <laughs> I mean, granted, it was only probably five seconds of even that, but it felt like a lot longer. <laughs> so. Ski smiling politely. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, yes, uh, Dorothy's thinking it is something a bit more serious now. Yeah, Rose enters, and, and Dorothy basically asks her if she'll take her place for the date, because she That's can tell yeah. that uh, Stan is, is pretty serious about this. Mm-hmm. And uh, But uh, Rose tells her that she can't, as she'll be driving the bookmobile that evening, which I have never seen a nighttime bookmobile. I don't know about you guys. No, I can't say I have. It's been a long have to be well lit on the inside. Any bookmobile, I guess. But, well, yeah. Uh, Wait, what? Did you say it needs to be well lit on the inside? Yeah. Yeah, like you couldn't rely on any, you know, like I've seen bookmobiles that kind of open up um, and allow natural light in, but if you're doing it on the, like driving one night, it'd have to be very well lit for people to come in. And I don't think that's what they did at all. What do you think they do? I mean, at least I've seen bookmobiles where they were almost like a little store on wheels. Have you not seen a bookmobile like that? I thought it was like, um, like the public library type thing where they're taking a particular book to the place hmm. and like I maybe and if it's not like a specific title it's like well this person likes mysteries so they take four or five different mysteries it's like which of these would you like to borrow uh, that's not what that's my, not my experience at all it was like a scholastic book sale type thing yeah movies. more or less like a, a blood mobile but you know mm-hmm. or what's a, an <laughs> ice cream truck like an ice cream truck but with books instead well the so. kids usually <laughs> go inside yeah go on like one way and out the <laughs> and other got Shelby on either side yeah. and stuff and you just pick the books yeah. that you want it's almost like a little mini library on wheels okay see I thought it was like um, 
like the prison book. Oh, like Meals on Wheels type of a thing where they bring a couple well, meals it to is, the... She did say it is for the uh, Grief Center. Oh, yeah, that's So true. maybe it is more yeah. individual-based. Yeah. Don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. There's a bookmobile of some kind. I don't think people that are depressed are really that into reading anyway. I think that her Ooh, assessment... Something to take, you know, keep their head out of the oven. Yeah, I guess so. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rose even goes on to say that, you know, when she's depressed, she can't read. Yeah. She likes to knit. Yeah. And that... Maybe she should ride or drive a knitmobile. Yeah. And Sophia chimes in. About, about being a, I can't remember her exactly. She, she should drive a knitmobile. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty well telegraphed on that joke, but I still enjoyed it. You mentioned a bloodmobile um, a moment ago, and it reminded me of something. Um, met this um, gentleman, and he was talking about, um, you know, he'd been homeless for a while, and then, like, he turned his life around and everything. And he said he was now in a medical supply sales. And so, you know, I'm tracking with him, everything <clears throat> like that. And he mentions, you know, he's in medical supply sales and yada, yada, yada going on. And then he mentions that, you know, he had the COVID. Oh. Um, um, but then he'd gotten better or whatever. Was that before or after you guys made out? <laughs> <laughs> but then he mentions, um, you know, but now he gets to, you know, sell his blood, you know, for $200 a pop. Um, oh, yeah. Twice a week. Um, which is good. But then I was like, wait, is that the medical supply sales <laughs> that he mentioned at the start of the story? Is there, I'm talking to my wife about that. She's like, no, I think it's two different things. And I was like, I don't think it is. I think he's selling his blood and telling people he's in medical supply sales. <laughs> well, I mean, $200 a pop twice a week, that's a decent job. Yeah, it's $1,600 a month. Oh, yeah. I even do plasma. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I, they probably don't tax that at all either. So that's, you know, really like be having a $2,000 a month job at least. Yeah, so. So. Not great, but, you know, pretty yeah. Decent for you know a couple hours a week. Yeah, <laughs> very low uh, stress. Yeah. yeah, I need to get maybe I need to catch that COVID myself so I can start getting in on that sweet <laughs> COVID blood money. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, Rose, she usually drives the bookmobile of the day. But, uh, <laughs> she's gonna be doing it at night because she got you know busy during the day. Right, yeah, got busy, Mister Allen. And now she feels you know no, worried the wrong word. about the depressed folks. That I said Mister Allen, but that's uh, Blanche's boss. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were talking about yourself. In the <laughs> like Mr. Coco? Yeah. <laughs> no, I was referring to another boss, not myself. <laughs> so, let's boss. see, in 1987, if she was getting busy with this Mr. Allen, I'd been eight, <laughs> so that would have been a little bit, um, a little bit wrong. A little bit. Mm -hmm. yeah. Sweet, sweet Betty. The heart wants what it wants, though, right, guys? <laughs> So yeah, so she's worried about the uh, poor depressed folks that have nothing to read. Blanche and Sarah's going out with both twins, though, uh, enjoying the bit of a the taboo of the idea, but ultimately decides that she's going to probably just send one home for the night. Only which one? Right. Uh, in the kitchen, Stan opens up uh, to Dorothy and admits that he is going to be having a heart bypass surgery. Uh, he kind of protests that uh, he's always led a healthy lifestyle, then Dorothy points out several ways in which he is not that healthy. Uh, Sophia comes in then and adds a bit of uh, insult to injury, as she uh, is known to do, especially towards Stan. Uh, then kind of joking about sending him out for a bagel run. Uh, she then brings up a very real concern that he'll need to know, uh, especially, oh, sorry, she'll need to know who's going to look after him after the surgery. you right. Him during recovery. Uh, something he hadn't really thought through yet. Uh, they begrudgingly agree that... Uh, they should probably stay with them 
because you don't really have one else and no one likes him. Right. And so uh, he's going to be staying with them after the surgery and then they cut scene. Uh, we see Rose and Blanche in the bedroom where Stan is actually, he's already kind of moved in for a bit. He's uh, getting ready for bed. Well, I think you're skipping over, well, not skipping over, but just skimming over a, a couple things that I enjoyed. Um, hit him, going hit him the, up. Hit him up, Alan. Well, Mr. Was, Allen. What's that? well <laughs> there, there was that. But um, even prior to that, you know, Blanche starts going to like this fantasy she has of you know, apparently being with twins. Yes. Which it was kind of interesting to see. That's it's a, a taboo. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I like that she was like, that, that would be obscene. Unless, of course, it was done in a tasteful way. <laughs> so, um, or tastefully done. I, I like that. And then I think Sophia responds talking about a dream that she had had. A recurring dream. Yeah, about uh, John Cameron Swayze um, straps a Timex onto her chin and tosses her across an icy pond. Which, I, you know, whenever they mention a name that I do not at all recognize, or even one that oh, I vaguely recognize, yeah. And apparently he was like a broadcaster and, you know, multiple things in that kind of realm, newscaster and whatnot, but became a big spokesperson and Timex was one of the... Was that like a reference to a specific commercial? I believe so, yeah. I think that he must have been. I mean, he was definitely a Timex spokesperson. that takes a lick and keeps on ticking. Oh, okay. So see the guy that uh, was first to say... Well, I mean, Mm -hmm. not the... Yeah. The first to endorse it using that line. And and we talked about him previously. Um, because he's a sixth cousin once removed of uh, Don Swayze. Oh, okay. So, so he got uh, a mention there. Patrick Swayze's brother. Um, but he was mentioned previously because <coughs> Blanche was talking about um, how she was almost Mrs. Andy Griffin because she was at the Maybelline counter at the Rexall's drugstore. Mm. And then after she left the room, Dorothy said something like, when she told me that story was done, Cameron Swayze at the Woolworths. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then, cut? A, then after that scene, when we were in that, you know, starting off the scene in the kitchen, when Stan's describing his stuff, he talks about them uh, slicing, uh, slicing my heart. Like a like the locks platter at Wolfie's, which I believe is now the second time that this uh, <laughs> restaurant Wolfie's has been mentioned in the series. Because oh yeah, that's where right. that's where uh, they were going after Blanche's yeah. psychiatry meeting prior. So yeah. apparently, Wolfie's is, must be a favorite of the girls down there. We have a Wolfie's here. Yeah, I think you had mentioned that. Yeah. Probably not at all affiliated, but yeah, yeah, still unrelated Wolfie's chain. <laughs> yeah, I really did like the line though too, where. A couple lines that Sophia said during that exchange. One was she said when she was telling him his her order. One of it was too Danishes was part of it, and she says, uh, <laughs> "I want the locks to um, what was it? Uh, Visit, but not yeah, yes. <laughs> not set up shop down yeah. in the shop there." I thought that was pretty good. And then also you alluded to this line, but um, well, think about it. You live alone, and no one likes you. I thought <laughs> was one of her best jabs at the stand for the episode. Oh, like she sent him to buy, you know, six pickles. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you think six pickles cost in 1987? <laughs> well, you know, these are deli pickles, so they're, they're, they're <laughs> not just like you're now. getting a third of a jar of Vlasics. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I would guess six pickles, though, would still have to be like a dollar fifty at most, like a quarter of <laughs> pickle, maybe. Um, something like that. So maybe uh, three for well. Three for a dollar would be more, so I guess maybe five for a dollar. Who knows? Definitely cheaper than pork or bone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, but th- th- I think that was all that you had skimmed over that I wanted to mention. So. Gotcha. Anything from you, Mr. Brent? No, we talked about the pickles. Excellent. <laughs> all right, so as I said, 
we uh we opened to a, a bedroom where Stan is starting to get ready for bed. He's staying with the girls now. Rose and Blanche enter. Uh, Rose is somewhat inappropriately upbeat about his big day the next <laughs> right. tomorrow. Why do you think he has to stay with him the night before his surgery? Yeah, the only thing I can figure is that it was so he could get his stuff there and settled in before he went to uh, surgery. I was thinking that too. So now, granted, well, I think he could have done all that. Dorothy is bringing him too. Oh, okay. So gotcha. maybe it was an early morning appointment, you know, yeah. kind of a thing. So, uh, so she's, you know, like I said, somewhat inappropriately upbeat about it. it. Well, I mean, so their date was Saturday night, and his surgery was what Thursday, something like that. So they had plenty of time to do the paperwork. Oh yeah, easily could have gotten through yeah. that without um, Stan having to come over and canceling blubber on. So about he came so over at night too, which I right. thought was a bit of a dick move. Yeah. Yeah, seven o'clock on a Saturday night or whatever it was, like evening time, mm-hmm. um, completely unannounced. Yeah, but Stan is nothing kind of if his, not inconsiderate. Yeah, so. kind of his mo, right? Yep. Uh, Blanche reminds her that you know, it's uh, he's going for surgery, not going off to college. Right. Uh, Dorothy brings in some clean towels, and he thanks and Stan thanks her for her uh, generosity. Then both Rose and Blanche kind of get tongue tied, uh, telling him basically good night and good luck. Uh, everything they say seems to be almost grim in nature. Right. Like there's like a double entendre of sorts. Yeah, I thought Rose's, the, the first part of hers was great. I kind of wish she wouldn't have noticed it because, you know, I mean, I wish it would have just left it hanging at the way it was because she starts off with, we just wanted to stop by um, and wish you good luck in case we didn't see you again. Right. <laughs> and then she goes on to like kind of stumble through, you know, before you leave for the hospital, not another world. But I think it would have just been better if it just was left hanging at her saying that, not realizing <laughs> the, you know, nature well, of it. Blanche goes on to say, let him rest in peace. Right, yeah. <laughs> they just kind of just cut off. Uh, the, you know, Rose and Blanche get to, finally they just give up and leave. Right. Uh, Dorothy begins to pack his bag in preparation of an early departure for tomorrow. Uh, he thanks her again. The unpack. Well, he wasn't staying at the hospital. I mean, I think he unpacked he unpacked the stuff that he was going to need for his time staying there. Mm-hmm. But I didn't get the impression from when the doctor comes out that they'd even talked to anybody. I mean, I guess yeah. we'll get to that. But, you know, they talked to anybody at all about the length of stay he was going to have. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it wouldn't seem like you would need to bring, you know, several weeks worth of clothing over without having any knowledge of how long he was going to be there to begin with. Um, but, you know, yeah, you would have thought that Stan could have easily packed his own overnight bag for the hospital or however long you stay or, in the or hospital. Or not have packed it yeah. or unpacked right. anything. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah exactly. It's a, I don't know. Well, yeah, he should have had whatever he was knew he was going to leave there and That's then a right. bag for what he was going to be taking with him to exactly. the hospital, not unpack everything and then repack a little bit. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's what Do I'm saying. Do you guys remember what Dorothy was putting in the bag? I don't even remember all the Yeah, like a towel and <laughs> so, some pickles. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, hospitals just don't have towels. Right. right, that's true. Um, now maybe she just brought fresh towels to the bathroom for him. Maybe. But so. well, he again thanks her and discusses how scared he is and that he's afraid he'll die during surgery. Now uh, there was quite a bit of back and forth in there, but uh, that was the basis of it. Right. Uh, he tells Dorothy, that despite all he's done, he truly loves her, and he begins to admit uh, several past infidelities, including one with a past secretary. Uh, Dorothy is openly insulted by all these, but uh, forgives him after he kind of begs shamelessly. And, of course, she is shocked that the uh, airhead secretary could take uh, shorthand. Right, yeah. That was a funny line. But for anybody out there who's thinking about the deathbed confessional, 
you know, by all means, make your peace with, you know, the Lord and, and whoever else. There is no good reason to have a deathbed confessional with somebody that you've wronged against. It um, seriously hurt, yeah. It's 100% a selfish move. That's all it is, <laughs> is just a dick move to try to clear your own conscience of something. But it doesn't help the person that you're, you know, trying to, to tell it all. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it, depending on what your what religion you subscribe to... If you're sorry for it, you know, it's not a 12-step program. You don't have to fucking admit it, you know. <laughs> yeah, but, so, real quick, didn't he cheat on their honeymoon, though? Um, didn't we find that out previously? I don't think he talked about cheating on the honeymoon itself, at least not that I remember. Um, I could be wrong about that. But, yeah, he's definitely a serial philanderer, though. Yeah, um, yeah. I think there were more instances than just this. But, regardless, I, I'm agreeing with you up to a point, mm-hmm. you know. That it is a dick move and everything like that. I guess deathbed confession, yeah, okay. But once he knows that he's going to pull through, then do you think he needs to, you know, make amends? No, or I don't do you think, think that, like if you've wronged somebody, you just keep it to yourself forever. I, I think you just keep it to yourself unless there is some reason the person needs to know. You know, if he's like, yeah, I got chlamydia, and you should <laughs> probably get checked out because I don't know if I got this during one of the multiple times gotcha. I cheated on you. Yeah. But otherwise, I mean, they're not together. You know, if it's something where you're like, okay, yeah, I need to be honest with this person, find out they mm-hmm. still want to be with me. Yeah. Sure. Um, I guess, but. If you're, it, everything's completely over and in the books for them. So there's no reason to come back and be like, hey, guess what? Here's a bunch of other terrible things I did in addition to the horrible thing I did to you that ended our marriage. Um, <laughs> I don't know. The, there's the sin of omission. You know, it's one of those things that, I, I, it's a horrible dick move and everything like that, you know, but it's also like, I think. If she I think found the other out about it later, had, she'd be more hurt, maybe? Yeah, like the, I think the other person has a right to know just how horrible you are. Hmm. You know, it's one of those things that Dorothy said, yes, you cheated on me one time, but I understand that, and I've forgiven you for that, and so I will take care of you for the next, you know, however long it takes you to recover, okay? And now he's like, well, here's a bunch of other shitty things. I think he should have let her know all of that in advance. That way she can make an informed decision as to whether or not she wanted to take care of him post-surgery. I don't know. I, I guess I could. I can only agree <coughs> with you if you're not going to shamelessly beg for forgiveness afterwards. Um, because basically you put the person in the position to where they're no longer making... A conscious, of, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like they're being guilted. You're now guilting that person into forgiving you because of your situation. I don't, I don't, I mean, he, he's attempting to guilt her, but it's up to her as to whether or not she wants to forgive him or not. Well, sure, but I mean, it's under <coughs> significant duress. You're not telling her this in a time when, yeah, you know, it's like You're if, just if, having if, coffee or something. Right. I mean, if she says, no, I don't forgive you and I'm not going to take care of you, then she is the Get out heartless. Of bitch all of a sudden no, who's I don't think she is I don't know I mean I think though that's the she would end up feeling that herself though yeah but that's because she's a good person well yeah but you're putting a good person in that position where they're basically forced to forgive you you know they're a good person they're gonna have to forgive you because you know their only other option is to let you now if Stan was more on your insightful own. or you know personally reflective person I can almost see where if he was really afraid about dying he would like tell her some of these horrible things he did or done in the past, so she wouldn't miss him as much. 
But I totally don't believe that's his motivation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought, you know. I think it should just be included in the paperwork. Yeah. He's like, here's an itemized <laughs> list of every time All I've the wrongs I've done. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Initial here. <laughs> that you acknowledge, yeah. Exactly. That we put this behind us. Second initial is <laughs> forgive. I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm thankful. I don't, I don't believe that I Check have any, any big skeletons. I mean, I know that I haven't done any of the uh, unforgivable type deeds that, you know, but even still, I'm sure there are small transgressions here and there, um, but nothing springs to mind as anything where I'd feel yeah. like, oh, I need to confess this to get it off my chest. Gotcha. But even if I did have something like that, I really feel like I would just be like, no, it's not going to service that person if they, you know. Mm-hmm know that I was a worse person than they think I am. I, I don't know. I, I guess it's something where hopefully I won't have to confront that. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I don't think I have any demons to confront anyway, so maybe that's why it's easy, because I'm high and mighty. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is that if I ever want you, I don't need to bother telling you. Uh, you know, unless it's gonna, unless there's a reason I need to know, you should probably just keep it to yourself. Really? Uh, yeah. Huh? Um, now, that said, if like you wrong me by you know, cheating, you know, like with my wife, then you should tell me because <laughs> I should know that. Yeah, um, your life's not going to be better if I tell you that. It won't be, but if she were to cheat with you, then God, she'd cheat with anybody. <laughs> so, <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I think I respectfully disagree. <laughs> no, she already thinks you're funny. Um, <laughs> I would say like on a, a scale of one to ten, like I'm not sure where she would rate you mm-hmm. on that scale. One to ten, but I imagine it would be higher than me, you know. But with that being said, I'm sure that there are a lot of people who would be lower than me. On oh, definitely, scale, yeah. You know, yeah, you're you're definitely not a one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. like you know, like if you're, you know, I'm sure she thinks you're like an eight or a nine or something like that, and I would be like a five and a half or so, <laughs> you know, which means I'm, I don't know. 50th percentile yeah. so you know half the population is less than me well i've always said for a long time like my group of friends like i don't think i'm a good judge on what a handsome guy is don't get me wrong there's like your chris hemsworths and whatnot out there that are pretty universal um mm-hmm. you know but uh i don't think but i do feel like i am a good judge on what an ugly man is <laughs> <laughs> so i don't think any of my friends at all fall you know anywhere close to that category um <laughs> I did find out, I think I know who Sherry's number one celebrity crush is, which I'm pretty much totally okay with. Mm-hmm. It's a, I believe at this point, it's Paul Rudd. Mm-hmm. And I think out of all celebrities, that's probably the one that I'm, I don't know, like I'm never going to have like a, you know, like a Chris Hemsworth type body yeah. or, you know, yeah. The Rock or somebody like yeah. that. Um, but I feel like Paul Rudd is... At least in the realm of attainability. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you know, I'm you know he's in really good shape and all that. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he's an yeah. Avenger, but uh, yeah. but that said, I mean that's at least somewhere on the scale. Of, like I could you know I could you know get at least in the ballpark of a Paul Rudd. Run a few yeah. times a week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think. Um, yeah, I think I think you're on the money as far as Paul Rudd and how you know he's in you know a one choice. You know. Um, the interesting word I find interesting about Paul Rudd is I think that Paul Rudd at this stage of the game has the career that John Cusack wishes he had. Mm. You know, like I think like John Cusack was like the prototype of Paul Rudd, and then Paul Rudd just sort of came in and out Cusack to Cusack. Could <laughs> be that's a good way to say, yeah. Like he know. has a lot of the same acting. Yeah. yeah. Do you think the the I mean I think the thing for Paul Rudd that works so well, um, is just that he has such a great humor side to him. Mm-hmm. 
I think um, it's more dryly sarcastic. Mm-hmm. I think it's better than that than Cusack. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the thing is Cusack seemed to me like if you just look at his career choice, I think he wanted more of a dramatic, mm-hmm. um, you know, yeah. trajectory to his career. Mm-hmm. So I don't necessarily know that he would look at it as mm-hmm. that he wishes he had kind of the more lighter side in superhero mu- mm-hmm. movies at this point. But yeah. I don't know. Paul Rudd is a uh, beloved, and John Cusack is you know somewhat forgotten at this point. Yeah. Um, at least. With his current projects, yeah. Um, so not his, his, did, uh, his older did you show Sherry the uh, little thing that Nicole sent me? Yeah, Ski sent me a yeah, picture. Show, show him. Send me a picture of the uh, Avengers having aged, um, and basically, you know, the the joke is is that uh, that all the Avengers, you know, all, all the other ones Avengers. have, you know. Have, Show them as as having aged as you would expect, except for Paul Rudd, who looks exactly the yeah, same. Wrinkly face, gray yeah. or white hair. Yeah, so Paul Rudd's face yeah. identical to what it is. Yeah, so there's that. It was a humorous picture. Yeah, great for podcasting. Yeah, <laughs> there's like a um, like a filter on the phone, um, like a it makes you look older. Yeah, or whatever. Um, like you like take a selfie of yourself or whatever. Like you see yourself on the screen and you're elderly. Mm-hmm. And you know, my wife and our six year old they were playing around with that, and they brought it in there to show me. It's like you know, look at Cassidy as an old woman. Um, and I, I sort of understood what they were saying, but not really. And so she handed me the phone. And I saw myself on there, and I looked fucking haggard and old and shit. <laughs> and I was like, my God, what happened to me? <laughs> and then I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, I, I think I've used that same app on my phone at some point. And I looked at it, and I was like, Jesus Christ, I look exactly like my dad. <laughs> like, I was like, this aged me up to look, you know... You could put that picture of me versus my dad currently today, and it would be almost the same person. Yeah. Um, so I was like, "Well, Sherry, I guess you know exactly what you're getting as I get older because there's my dad, and I'm." And I told Joey, Joey definitely favors me more than Liam does, yeah. appearance wise. And I was like, "So, Joey, this is what you got to look forward to when yeah. you look at Pappy. If you want to see a little uh, further down the line, yeah." <laughs> so, yeah. But anyways, but I think I've done all right for myself, so it's okay. Yeah. You know, I, I definitely. Uh, you know, went above my pay grade, I think, with Sherry, so that worked out well. But, you know, hopefully Joey will have the same success whenever he's out there finding his person. <laughs> Anyways, where are we out on this episode? Well, I think uh, Stan was a name to uh, cheat in several times. Right, yeah, yeah, horrible Stan. His uh, dumb, uh, blonde uh, secretary could apparently take shorthand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, we also find out that maybe Stan made his money off of chain link fence because, right, yeah. or at least fencing in general. Maybe that was the he family was going, business. He was supposed to have gone to a conference that wasn't right. Well, didn't he sell novelties also for a while? Like he sold different things. Yeah, I think he's just maybe generally a salesman who is, yeah. you know, kind of like a Dave Peltzer kind of a guy. From Who's Dave Peltzer isn't that Peltzer from? I mean, Peltzer's definitely the last name, but I thought his name was Dave uh, Gremlins, like the dad oh, on that. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, yeah. but. Anyways, but he was an inventor, I guess, so never mind. That's a little different. So, Go ahead, though, Ski. Uh, Stan reiterates that he's never loved anyone as much as he loves Dorothy. Uh, he tells her that he feels so much better knowing that he's forgiven. Uh, she then uses the uh, packed travel bag to sock him in the crotch, mm-hmm. uh, making her feel better, too. Right. <laughs> she uh, hands him the bag and then exits. Uh, cut scene, we see Blanche, Rose, and Dorothy are all sitting in a hospital waiting room. Uh, then Sophia enters. Dorothy asks where she's been and that the girls have been worried about her. She responds, telling her that her friend, uh, Rochelle DeVito, 
is also in the hospital having suffered a variety of fairly elaborate uh, set of uh, unfortunate accidents and injuries. Yeah. Uh, did you have that written down on what happened? Like she no, no. Yeah, she definitely. broke her hip and fell through a, a uh, shower uh, door. Yeah, they're just like, yeah, long drawn out. Um, yeah, basically it ended with her hitting her face on a, a sink or something and swallowing her dentures. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think that was what it was too. So bad stuff. Uh, Sophia shows very little compassion though because she says you have to talk to her if she feels like no one else has issues. Right. Uh, so Dorothy and the other girls then talk about how you know she's very worried about Stan and how that surprises her. Uh, despite all their pitfalls as a married couple, she would still feel like his widow if he passed. Uh, Blanche talks about the first time someone had called her a widow. Uh, it turns out, though, that uh, George was simply out of town on business and she was out drinking with a friend uh, who used uh, the widow moniker as a cover when they were meeting some guys. Uh, Dorothy, though, asks if she actually cheated on her husband, and uh, she tells him that, uh, no, she was just flirting, it was harmless, and uh, keeps your buttocks firm. Right. Uh, Rose also tells him that she has always hated being called a widow, and that she is certain that she'll see Charlie again. Uh, then the doctor enters. I did love oh. that part she, when she's talking about Charlie. Uh-huh. Uh, she says something about, um, you know, that, but maybe it wouldn't be in the old house, you know, which I assume that she... <laughs> I don't know if she thinks that, like, in heaven or wherever that you you get your old possessions back or she would come back to Earth Not and sure, haunt yeah. her old house. But I love that she said, we don't need that much room. I mean, the kids are grown and we'll both be dead. Um, so I thought that was a... I think that was my favorite Rose line of the episode. Like, in Rose's mind, do you think that the reason she's getting the old house back is because, like, her and Charlie are going to have, like... They're like middle-aged haircuts and bodies and corporal form and everything like that. Yeah, I mean, I guess that would make sense that she just kind of looks at them when they're at their top, you mm-hmm. know, in their lives together. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, with someone, you know, in some cases you'd probably think as far as your top physical appearance, you'd probably be in your, what, like early 20s maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Whereas Rose may be looking at it kind of more like in their time when they also had kids and whatnot running yeah. around the house like when the best time. Of, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So after uh, Rose gets done talking, the doctor enters and tells him that uh, Stan is safely out of surgery and resting in uh, the intensive care area. Uh, He then discusses that since he'll be staying with them during the recovery, uh, it's a critical time for him and that he'll need lots of help, but that if he follows instructions and takes it easy, he'll be back to normal in just three months. Yeah. (laughs) Dorothy gasped at the three months time frame because she didn't know that before. Uh, this does not sit well with either her or Sophia. They kind of close with that scene with each other, kind of sobbing on each other's shoulders, hugging. I've never had a heart issue, and I've never had to take care. Like, no one in my close family has ever had a heart thing that I know of. Um, I can't remember offhand what my grandpa died of, but, you know, he lived in Colorado, so whatever his, like, I never saw him in poor health, um, really. Yeah, the decency to die of his heart issue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if he, well, I don't even know if he had a heart issue. Yeah. I'm just saying that's. I can't say that I've never had a heart issue in my family history. But anyway, that's beside the point. Yeah. That said, it doesn't seem like they asked this doctor anything. Like as far as okay, well, like how <laughs> limited does his activity need to be? Um, yeah, going to be healthy enough for sex. <laughs> right, exactly. Because I would have to think that there's definitely a middle ground in between. I can take care of my own basic needs, you know, like mm-hmm. cooking myself a meal, whatnot, yeah. and I can be out shoveling the, you know, snow. <laughs> you know, like there's got to be some degrees where it's like, okay, for the first 
month, he really needs someone there to take help him with yeah. all of his daily or, or activities. How often does he have to sleep? You know, yeah. what yeah. does his diet need to be? Right. Um, it just seems like there would be an in-home option. For yeah. Him, you know. Yeah, I would agree, but. Especially since, I mean, we're living in a time when, obviously, you know, doctors still made house calls. For <laughs> yeah, for 50 bucks. bucks. Yeah. 50 bucks. <laughs> oh, well, 50 bucks would see, like, three people, wasn't it? <laughs> so. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, he can get a nurse to swing by twice a day. Yeah. Take care of him or something. And as charming as Stan apparently is, you know, I'd probably be bedding that nurse before the end of his three months. Exactly. So. exactly. Oh, I wore the rug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so we say we do change scenes. We see uh, in the living room, Sophia and Stan are actually sitting on the couch eating popcorn and watching wrestling. Yep. Uh, Stan seems to be very much enjoying himself, and he does not seem decrepit or like he's on death's door or anything. No, not at all. Seems very, you know, like normal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like I said, he'd be in that time where maybe he wouldn't be able to do strenuous physical things, but sure. I'm sure he'd be able to do normal physical like, things. Hey, let's go throw some in the microwave for. Yeah, but. They have a microwave. Um, I'm not sure if they do or not, but you know, Stan wherever he lives, maybe he has one. I mean, he is a bachelor, so he doesn't have to wipe. He can wipe himself at this point, right? Yeah, yeah, I assume <laughs> so. <laughs> but they don't ever talk about that part of it. Um, yeah, the darker parts. Yeah, <laughs> literally or figuratively. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, well, they don't talk be, about it. right? <laughs> like I said, Stan's enjoying himself, but uh, tries to get uh, Sophia to turn to the station. Uh, to a basketball game, and then claiming that he is an expert on that topic. He says, you know, tell me, ask me anything. And then she turns around and looks at him in the face and says, when the hell are you moving out? He kind of laughs it off, and she walks away. Uh, just then Blanche walks in with one of the twins from earlier. She tells Stan that uh, he had just bought a, red, a new red convertible as she was passing through the room to her bedroom. Stan then gets up and says, congratulations to the man. Telling them that he won out over his uh, twin brother. Tells him that uh, the other night he overheard the girls talking about how Rob was nothing compared to his other brother, Bob. Uh, sadly, the brother he is currently talking to is Rob. Right, Rob the slob. Yes. Even if it, he was speaking to the correct brother, it's still a horrible thing to say. Yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, like, that's the person in the world you're probably the closest to. Yeah. You know, I mean, and especially these They're two, twins, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Talk, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that it's like, hey, don't be talking shit about my brother. I'm exactly. like, it's what fine. You, what do you mean, one out? There's yeah. I mean, you may, like, maybe went out, like, oh, like, you know, you two have more in common or whatever, yeah. but not like, yeah, that one's a total piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, there's a way to make it jokingly. Yeah. Like, Congratulations, the best man won. <laughs> yeah. You know, without, yeah. Yeah, completely specific trashing. Why. <laughs> yeah. So. But, uh, yeah, Blanche goes back into the room, and uh, Rob just simply tells her good night. and when she asks what's the matter, he kind of directs her to talk to Stan. Stan then admits to her that uh, he had a bit of a mix-up. And thus ends one of the worst acting performances <laughs> the girls have ever Yeah, we don't see him again, right? Yeah, no, that's... Uh, and, and even that, that end, he's like, ask him. Like, there is there's no emotion. <laughs> no nothing. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. just... I, again, I have to assume there's like, we need two twins, doesn't fucking matter. No, we're not going to bother auditioning. Yes, they have to be breathing. Do they look alike? Exactly. Yeah. Identical. They need to be identical twins. That's it. In this age range. Exactly. <laughs> so. Ask him. You know, Paul Dooley would have made a meal out of it. Oh, that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so you think they should have just used camera tricks to make Paul Dooley a twin? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Back then, they just told him like a mirror. 
Yeah. It's, it's, it's Paul Dooley and a paper mache Paul Dooley. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, well before that they had, um, you know, the Patty Duke show. So they could have certainly had, you know, identical brothers. So, so. <laughs> Paul Dooley and Walter from the Muppets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they don't even acknowledge it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Completely I didn't know you were twins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least it wouldn't be like Paul Dooley and Sidney Poitier or something. <laughs> kind of. Exactly. exactly. Leave the audience confused and right. Befuddled. Yeah, just bewildered. But what is the joke about? I yeah. don't get it. Yeah. Meanwhile, the writers just dying laughing. In the yeah, it would be hilarious in a way, but um, I don't think the audience at the time would have really yeah. <laughs> appreciated it. Yeah. Well, as I said, Stan admits to the uh, mix-up. And Blanche is obviously rather peeved with him. She says, Stan, I'm going to kill you. And then directly after this uh, statement, Rose enters saying the exact same phrase. Mm-hmm. Real quick. Um, so like, she, the episode started off with Blanche telling Stan, you know, or telling Rob and Bob or whatever, that Stan was the biggest loser, you know, they would ever meet. Right. Yeah, like the last episode, the last Stanley episode was him and Blanche becoming BFFs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so apparently she's like, yeah, he's fun to hang around, but a total fucking loser. Exactly. <laughs> so that's why. Yeah, I mean, listen, if Blanche isn't bedding him, then he must be. So, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, maybe he's a fun guy, but still, yeah. you know, he's a total loser. So. Yeah, she's more on board with incest. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. Stanley. <laughs> uh, he apparently had broken an heirloom wedding plate of roses. Uh, in which the uh, they, they pass it on to the family, in which mm-hmm. after the ceremony, the groom offers himself to the new bride using the plate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for whatever reason, I don't know, it's just me being stupid, but when I first heard it, I was thinking of like, oh, he's like sitting on that plate. Mm-hmm. It didn't occur to me until... Do- or he's until putting his junk on there? Yeah, until Blanche <laughs> says that maybe a gravy boat would work as a replacement. Um, <laughs> In a pinch. Yeah, which I thought was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then I was like, oh my god, like that was like what that was a rose moment on my part that yeah. you know. <laughs> it was like it, it's for Rose's niece's, you know, wedding or right. whatever. It's like, well, why doesn't the groom have his own plate? Yeah. <laughs> like, like his dad used to present himself. This to is his an mother. heirloom though. Yeah, right? instead it's like, yes, this is where men throughout my family's history have placed. Exactly. And why was it sitting in the freaking cabinet with the other dishes? <laughs> like exactly. Like, how many times do you think a plate has to be washed before you would eat a tuna sandwich? <laughs> yeah. Well, and I was like, a, once a dick plate, always a dick plate. I would definitely think so. <laughs> Especially one that's a historical dick plate. Like, you know, if that's been used for, you know, like, I think she said it was like her great-grandmother. Assumingly so, exclusively for that purpose. Yeah, I mean, so you figure that'd be like Unless maybe the great-grandmother, the... grandmother, mother, Rose, plus... Apparently, multiple ver- like nieces, yeah, stuff. nieces, aunts, whatever. Well, she does say though, doesn't she, that like they place like uh, snacks on it and people eat it throughout mm-hmm. the ceremony. Oh, okay. And then and when it's, it's done, then that's when the <laughs> then the groom takes it. It takes his junk out and puts it on there to present <laughs> to the wife. Um, yeah, and she says it was either in a tent or where a Best Western. Yeah, yeah, I thought <laughs> that was funny because um, the Vikings are very progressive people. Yeah. 
All I know is that was an awfully big plate for Billy Barney to put his little <laughs> jokes on. Hey, listen. For all we know, that guy could be a tripod. So you don't know. Um, I don't think you should judge Billy Barney <laughs> before you've seen him. He's a tea saucer. <laughs> what you don't know is that he lost one leg in the war. <laughs> Where are we at? Let's see, oh, yeah. So, yeah, we're, we're the groom offers himself to the new bride using that <laughs> wonderful plate. Yes. Uh, Stan is obviously disgusted by this concept, having eaten off of it earlier that day. Uh, Rose is concerned, though, He's as you the said. the first person to eat off it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that definitely also does have a lot of other implications, too, because if it's on a plate, like, is very it, does it start with the oral? Is that the way that <laughs> is traditional in Rose's yeah. family? <laughs> um, well, and didn't Rose not even just... see Charlie's balls until <laughs> like throughout their entire <laughs> marriage or something plate, like yeah. that yeah but it's like the plate's empty like they eat the snacks off of it and mm -hmm. that's how they know it's time to go because he presents himself on it so the family's just standing around like oh he's got his cock on the plate time for us to say <laughs> right, goodbye yeah <laughs> well she didn't specifically say it took place in a tent oh okay or best western so he so he does keep it in his pants until they get in the tent and then he's western. like he's like dessert is served if, if he's unzipping though you know it's time yeah he's like hey guys yeah, plate or not. <laughs> That's the cue. As you mentioned earlier, Rose is very uh, concerned because her niece is getting married later that spring and you know, won't have anything to use. But uh, as you also said, Blaine suggests using a gravy boat. And Rose's look is that that may actually be sufficient. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with a gravy it. boat. Just to say it, I was like, oh, yeah, that would be much more comfortable. <laughs> yeah, just a, a plate. Exactly. <laughs> Cradle. I mean, it is contoured, exactly. yeah. Exactly, a little handle. Yeah. <laughs> Although the handle would be facing out in an awkward position, right? Because you'd be having to put That's the handle true. out away from yourself. Yeah. Um, well, maybe like, or are you, you saying know, that like the bottom know. part would go? <laughs> no, not, like the handle's not on your taint. Okay. <laughs> you, know, you would hold it from the bottom, and then the handle would be for your bride. Oh, okay. To then take. Fair enough. Yeah, I guess that would make sense. This is one of my favorite conversations. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> Dorothy enters the house and uh, tells Stan that. Uh, she finally found uh, some strawberry quick uh, that he asked to help him fall asleep after having checked three different stores. He said, Well, I was going to say, I assume that the strawberry quick that she's talking about is the uh, strawberry quick meth that um, <laughs> was very popular, I guess, in 2007. Would that make him sleep, though? <laughs> yeah, well, that's I thought it was odd that, you know, that meth would be what he needed to help him sleep, but apparently... I, I assume she meant like what is it, McQu or what was that? It's like the chocolate milk. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But um, when I looked up strawberry quick just to verify that, then I found out there was a, a form of meth that. Yeah. Um, well, I'm not surprised she had to go to three stores because, like, we've seen two of their grocery stores <laughs> and they've only got four aisles. Not a great variety. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. So. Well, but the strawberry quick meth, um, apparently... Uh, Surely no Piggly Wiggly. Exactly. Exactly. You got pork and wine and that's it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess that... It's it, loin of pork. Loin yeah, of pork. loin of pork, yeah. <laughs> I know. He's also Terry Hughes. <laughs> <laughs> he has a lot of corrections to give you. <laughs> saving the, saving the listeners a lot of time. <laughs> no, no, by all means. You need to put him in his place. But, uh, exactly. I like to throw out the little, you know, inaccuracies. That way the commenters have something to... All right. <laughs> <laughs> to say but you've got comments. most of the great factoids, too. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, the, the strawberry quick meth 
myth, I guess it is. Um, yeah, it was a, a, a drug scare which primarily took place in 2007 where drug dealers were allegedly using coloring and flavoring to disguise meth as strawberry quick, thus making them more appealing to children. Uh, and uh, it, it was reported a lot by the media, but no cases of children using flavored meth were ever actually verified. Oh, that's too bad. But Stan, because, apparently. It's because drug dealers don't give free drugs to kids. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, kids can't buy more. Exactly. That is a horrible business model. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you need a low-price uh, product like cigarettes, um, mm -hmm. not a high-end you know, exactly. product like drugs. Crazy drug dealers. Yeah, so she did, though, get him a strawberry quick, The uh, I assume. Not the meth. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it goes on to say, you know, uh, he excitedly thanks her and tells her he's going to go take a shower and ask if she can bring him a mug right. after he's done. So, unless it's a mug of meth. Right. <laughs> uh, so, both Blanche and then Rose tell Dorothy that Stan is driving him nuts, that he's got to go. Uh, Dorothy insists that he's still in recovery and it has to be his decision as to when he is ready to leave. Uh, but does completely understand how trying he can be after living with them for so long. Right. Rose argues that when she was a child, her pet lamb needed help making a decision. Which I thought was odd, but mm -hmm. it's a Rose story. Yeah. I thought it was odd the lamb was named Thor. Yeah. Yeah, I, I <laughs> yeah, did. Uh... I thought that was the most normal part of the story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Do you think that he was worthy? I don't know. I just thought that was a good, very good uh, Rose pet name. Right, yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Well, and it's very uh, Nordic, right? So, it is, yeah. yeah. You think that would be the name of the bull? Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe this uh, sheep was going to grow up to be a ram um, or whatever. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Uh, apparently, they made a substitution mother for the lamb after it was separated from its mom, uh, named Brunhilda, which they had uh, made using an old inner tube until the time that uh, he accidentally bit and deflated his surrogate mom. Right. Uh, coming back around, this is not exactly a uh, an obvious path of the story, but Rose comes back and says that Stan is getting overly comfortable and uh, is taking advantage of their generosity and that they need to kind of maybe give him a gentle push to get out. Now, you are skipping over, too. Maybe you already have this note and just haven't brought up, but they are eating cheesecake number six in this episode. did not say that, but okay. coming up. Really. All right. Is that all? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and also it's maybe like it leads to maybe Stan's biggest dick move of the whole episode, even above the cheating, where he comes in and starts eating straight off the cheesecake with a fork, like not <laughs> cutting himself a slice. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't cut himself a slice. He just starts digging right into the yeah. third of a cheesecake that's left. Um, <laughs> it's what he does before that, though, that, you know, caused me some consternation. Okay. Um do you have more to go on? To I do, as, yes. Okay, go ahead. And, and, and then we'll let Brent jump in. All right, so Dorothy argues back that Stan doesn't want to be there any longer than he has to be. Uh, at that exact moment, <laughs> I don't know. I think Dorothy, I'm not sure where she's coming at from this one. Because basically she's taking the position of why Stanley would never <laughs> take <laughs> right. advantage of our right. hospitality. Yeah. After he's he an, already He's as honest as the day is long. Yeah. And admitted just recently that yeah. he cheated on her repeatedly. Yeah, exactly. Dorothy has some Stockholm syndrome or something. Exactly. I mean, that 38 years has just fucked her up. Uh, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, he walks into the kitchen wearing her robe. Mm -hmm. And when she addresses this, he asks, he asks, which one of Stan's angels forgot to pick up my dry cleaning? <laughs> he then invites himself to sit at the table and enjoy some cheesecake with the girls. 
Yeah, and who the fuck sends their robe out to get dry cleaned? What kind of robe do you have that just can't put it into a normal washer and dryer? <laughs> but again, that was maybe standard. they dry clean all their stuff. We okay. don't ever see them doing laundry. Well, that's true, but maybe dry cleaning back there was really cheap. Yeah, at least uh, more common than it is today. I don't know. So, anyways, like he pulls up a chair to the table. It's like, why does their kitchen table only have three chairs at it <laughs> when normally there's four of them there? Right. <laughs> but now there's five. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, he, I mean, it would have made more sense for him to go to that opposite, you know, yeah. side. And he does, like, scoot right between two of them, yeah. yeah. Right. And I have noticed the fact that he didn't uh, cut a slice. Yeah, no, he just grabs there. the pan and starts uh, starts going to town on the cheesecake. He, he doesn't make a comment, so we're like, I love when we get to hang out like this together. You're right. I think he was the only one enjoying that uh, little sit down that there. hang session. Yeah. <laughs> he was copying that uh, looked like a silk robe, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the second best hang session of the episode. <laughs> what the the wedding night? Would that be the best hang yeah, session? The plate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we have our last scene change, and we see uh, at this point Stan is laying in bed. And uh, Blanche is removing a lap tray. Uh, looks like it had some food on it. Commenting, commenting on the odd coincidence that uh, he has apparently had a relapse on the exact same day that the doctor released him to uh, move back home alone. Uh, Stan says, you know, the heart's a funny organ. Blanche snidely replies, I bet most of your organs get a laugh. Yeah, I think that was Blanche's best line of the episode. I thought that was pretty good, yeah. Did you guys have a TV tray when you were kids? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a TV tray now. I think maybe Alan gave it to me. It's got Alf on it. Oh, yeah. I think I may have given that to you. Yes. Yeah. What was on yours when you were a kid? I think I had various ones. I remember I had, a, I think, a McDonald's-themed one, I feel mm-hmm. like, at some point. And um, one was superheroes or, you know, some such. I don't yeah. remember having any that were, like, Looney Tunes or Mickey Mouse or the yeah. more younger kid cartoons. Yeah. But um, I also don't remember what we had on our lap tray. Because we had a little... Little TV tray thing when we were like growing up. Little, it was yeah, almost the yeah. exact same kind of one that you gave us with yeah. the like little fold out legs yeah, right. and his metal tray. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't say it was Transformers or something, but yeah, it sounds it. sounds pretty typical but for the, the time. one we still use on a somewhat regular basis. I'm Very nice. Yes. My sister had a strawberry shortcake, and I had a, a Dukes of Hazard. Huh. Ooh, that's a good one. Because you're a big fan of the Confederacy. I so my issues with Dukes of Hazard really have nothing to do with the General Lee. Oh, okay. So it's other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know you've never been a fan of Boss Hog. <laughs> Daisy Dukes uh, shorts a little too long. All right, so <laughs> Dukes of Hazard. Okay, we got Bo Duke, Luke Duke, and Daisy Duke. Okay, correct. Right. Okay. All three are cousins to one another. Right. Correct. Okay. Then in the final season, we've got Corey and Vance, mm. who are two more cousins. Right. Okay. So that's five cousins. Okay. Sure. Those five cousins have ten parents. Okay. Okay. Who are all siblings, at least five of those ten right. Are siblings, right. to Jesse, their yeah. uncle. On okay? all men, like, right? What they'd all have to be men too, like the like all the yeah, because they're all dukes. Yeah, so yeah, um, it would be the brothers. Yeah, it'd be five brothers. Okay, but like so, all ten parents just abandoned their kids <laughs> to be raised by this moonshining <laughs> guy. Uh, yeah, there are no family he, values he was, in Hazard <laughs> County. He was the most responsible of them all. <laughs> like so, 
So I had maybe this they issue. all died over uh, alcohol poisoning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I was I was just trying to explain this theory to my sister. I was like, you know, it just it's so wrong. Like I feel bad for these kids who had to be raised by this guy because <laughs> all ten of their parents just abandoned them. And her response was that you know maybe all ten of the parents were carnies. Oh, <laughs> so they were just some good old boys that never mean no harm. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, I think that's a fair criticism. Yeah. So, but I don't know. I think TV often asks us for some suspension of disbelief, right? Yeah. I mean, otherwise, we would definitely have more questions about the uh, wardrobes of all these Miami natives <laughs> <laughs> and the timeline we brought up several. Oh, times. yeah, the timelines are certainly uh, questionable. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Blanche gets in her good uh, jab. Stan tells her back that he's sensing some hostility, and she uh, sends back that. He should, because she hates him. Uh, Rose tells him that she's just irritated, because old Blanche leaves after that. Rose tells Stan that she's just irritated because, you know, they've been bending over backwards to take care of him the past two months, uh, while he's been light, making life somewhat unbearable. And then my favorite line of hers and the whole episode, actually, she goes into a story. She says, you know, he tries to call out Rose for being uncharitable, and uh, she kind of erupts, saying that in her ancestor's village, if a man was bad company, unable to provide for his family, and not much fun under the old yak skin, <laughs> the woman would leave him out in the snow to die. <laughs> yeah. And she kind of storms out, and as he, uh, she's leaving, he talks to himself, saying, "Tough village." Yeah. Yeah. She complains he's eating them at a house at home, but really he's had some cheesecake and a tuna sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> well, we haven't seen all the other meals that he's eaten. Yeah. And popcorn. He had popcorn. That's true. Yeah. yeah, and that cheesecake could have been his between meal snack, you know, <laughs> yeah. which would be a little much. Yeah. So. Well, in that three meals, that's more than we usually see the girl girls eat an entire episode. Mm-hmm. That's true. So, yeah, who knows? So, uh,. Dorothy enters and tells him that uh, she has spoken to the doctor and that his relapse is nothing to worry about and that it's relatively common. Uh, he asks her to pass on the remote, but she says, you know, he's probably better off getting some rest. Uh, he agrees and asks her to uh, wake him up when it's time for lunch. As soon as she exits the room, however, he spryly gets up, grabs the remote, turns on a basketball game, and proceeds to kind of pantomime. You know, dribbling and stuff, playing along with the game. Suddenly he's fucking Grandpa Joe. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I'd, it would have been nice if he got up and had, like, the wobbly legs for a before dropping <laughs> in a cane and going into his dance routine. <laughs> and uh, I think, what's he, he's, like, dribbling, like, pretend to dribble in socks or something. Yeah, and then oh. does, like, a sky hook with it. Yeah, he does a little hook shot and stuff. And then, of course, Dorothy comes in uh, and catches him. Asking, you feeling better, Magic? Yeah, now, in in all honesty, she really should have said Kareem, because, you know, he was famous for the Skyhook, um, not Magic, but... Uh, magic fiction. was more popular, I think, at the time. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, he's, you know, one of the biggest... Uh, although Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was as well, but... Well, I mean, the but that was Magic's, like, heyday, for sure. Yeah, I thought Dr. J had the hook shot. But he had that as well, yeah. But I don't know, I think the Skyhook... Kareem was definitely more famous for that, I think. Yeah, like the kind of kind of far out one that would be similar to what Stan was imitating. Yeah. But and George Gervin had the finger roll. Mm-hmm. That's true. He just wrote an episode of something. George uh, Gervin? No. <laughs> oh. Like he's been writing Sherlock Holmes books for a few years now. Oh is he really? Kareem? Yeah, he's won a couple of awards. I had no idea. Um not like the Pulitzer, but like right. major awards. And he just wrote an episode of 
some mystery show or whatever. Like, I don't know. You, you continue. I'll look it up. Wrong. That's kind of awesome. Are, are the awards he won, like, best novel, um, and it was uh, presented by the NBA Player Association? Espy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, anyways. Yeah, so he tries to tell Dorothy that he was just trying to get some exercise to uh, snap back from the setback. And, uh, but she, you know, was right. He should just, you know, try to get some sleep. Dorothy is not buying this at all and calls him out for faking the relapse. Uh, he admits, though, that he was just scared and doesn't really want to go back home alone. Uh, continues, says that, you know, the care and the amenities of the people doing all the work for him has been wonderful, but what he was really wanting to do, or the reason he was really wanting to stay with them was because, you know, he is happiest with the people he loves. Uh, she is still not having any of this uh, and calls it garbage. And uh, but does buy that he was scared. She tells him how scared she was when he left after they got divorced, uh, but that she made it and that he will too. Uh, she continues saying that he can't always run back to her uh, when she when he needs help and it's time for him to grow up. She points out, you know, she's not his mom and she's not even his wife at this point. Uh, she kind of closes with. What I thought was a bit of an odd line. Yeah, it was the weirdest Happy ending birthday, line. Happy birthday, Peter Pan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she blows him a kiss and exits. And it's kind of a somber close where we just see Stan sitting alone on the bed considering what she had just told him. So. Yeah. Yeah, it was a really weird end of the show. Um, but, uh, I mean, just a, a really odd last line, like I said, especially if you add in the blowing of the kiss. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that closes us out for that season. Or not that season, excuse me, that episode. Um and it does get us closed out the first half of season two yeah. um, at this point. So I think we've, you know, definitely all covered our favorite lines at this point. Uh, so, Ski, who would be your MVP for this episode? I got to go with Dorothy. I think, you know, she was being overly charitable for someone that's pretty much treated her bad. Uh, but ultimately, she even gave him help to get him going back in the right direction after, mm. you know, even though he was abusing him yet again by trying to fake a relapse. Right. Yeah. Well, so, Brent, between uh, Rob and, and Odell, who was your... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what about the doctor? Oh, well, that's true, yeah. Yeah, um, I'll probably go with uh, Rose, just because the whole story, like you said, under the yak skin. Mm. That was pretty I great. Like I love that one. It's our Queen of Bully Bar. He wrote an episode of Veronica Mars. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Oh, very nice. And he's had three uh, Sherlock Holmes adjacent novels published. Very cool. In addition, oh, novels, nonfiction work, so... Uh, I did forget to mention a couple of people in there. You know, obviously we know Stan, um, but there was the voice of uh, Mario Mikado, or Mikado, I'm not sure. But, uh, is that the announcer for yeah. the games? Machado? Sure. Okay, I don't know. Anyways, he... Uh, Mikado. Yeah, apparently, like. got like eight Emmy wins uh, for various things in broadcasting and whatnot. Yeah. So, yes. you know, very accomplished in his field. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was odd that he got a credit just for you know, <laughs> the minute or... Not even 30 seconds of... Do you think they actually had him do a sound bite for the show? Yeah, I wonder if it was that or just... Took like something from an actual game. They probably did, just because if they took it from an actual game, then they probably would have to pay that organization, as opposed to... It's probably a lot cheaper to pay one guy to record... A tiny bit, as opposed to paying for the licensing. Yeah, to and play then a just background crowd music or something. Right, you probably still have to pay that guy either way. Um, and then uh, the other one, Steve Kramer, was the doctor. Now, when at first I looked, he had like 466 titles he's associated with. But then I got to look, and it's like damn near all anime, a lot of voices, and oh, yeah. you know, like 
And when I say anime, like some of it seemed like it was, you know, things I had never heard of at all, but then a lot of other things that I had heard of, but, you know, have never dipped my toe into, like uh, Dragon Ball Z and that kind of stuff. Um, he was in Akira. I was in Akira? Mm-hmm. Very cool. But, he was, um, let me double check this, because he was on an episode of Instant Mom. Double check. Okay. But it wasn't, yeah, he played the principal on Instant Mom. And when I was looking, because I was trying to figure out if Annie Levine worked that episode, and she did not. Oh, okay. She wasn't associated with it. Um, but, like, a lot of people have played a principal on Instant Mom. Hmm. It seems like it's their go-to. It's like, oh, we've got Drew Carey for the day. Oh. I'm like, give him the principal. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I don't know if it's a running joke or not. That could be. But oh. Annie Levine worked on that show for quite a while. Very it's nice. It's like he was there before she took over. I see. Well, I guess I forgot to get my MVP also. I didn't forget, but just got sidetracked with those uh, guest actors. But I guess my MVP goes to Sophia. Um, I felt like it was a... There was definitely nobody, in my opinion, who really stood out. And I just thought she had a lot of good singers in there. She started off really strong. She kind of didn't have a lot to do during parts of it. But um, but overall, I just felt like the best lines were from Sophia. And uh, Stan... I don't know, brings down every episode he's in. I, I feel like the first episode he was in was pretty good. But I don't know, I'd have to look back at our ratings for them, though. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, what? how many slices of cheesecake did this one earn for you, Ski? Two. Two. I didn't like it much at all. It, sounded, it seemed like it went really fast. Like, it was a short episode, it felt like. And maybe it was just because I didn't think there had a lot of content. Yeah, well, there wasn't much funny, and like I said, I feel like Stan and his blubbering brings down yeah. almost every episode, and I feel like he does that bit in almost every episode well, that he's in, where really he cries over a, something. A handful of really pretty good lines. Oh, yeah. But they seem like they're, I don't know, I think for me, they just didn't elevate the overall episode to a point where I enjoyed it as much. Yeah, yeah. Well, and there was <clears> drama, but it was drama that you didn't care at all about, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like... Um, so, yeah, I, I gave it a two and a half. Um, similar reasons. I mean, I thought the lines were enough to make it, you know, still worth watching. Rob and Bob really brought it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, it was uh, definitely a lower-end episode for sure. Um, but I didn't actively hate it or anything, so I gave it two I'm and a really half. I'm hoping Brent says eight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, first perfect score. Um, I'm going one and a half. One and a half. So, yeah. And the only reason I'm not going with one is because we're only, you know, halfway through the season two, and I want to make sure I've got some wiggle room in case there's a episode. <laughs> yeah, I guess it is an awkward thing, because you don't know, like, the floor at the end of the day. <laughs> exactly. um, but yeah, this one, I think, is going to be in hot contention for the worst episode of uh, of the season. Maybe, certainly going to be down there in the bottom, you know, probably... Five percent. Maybe honestly, the lowest we've rated any of them yet. It might be overall. Yeah, I definitely think it is. So, um, but on the bright side, though, I think it's our longest episode of Sophia's Choice. I yeah. agree. This yeah. is this has actually been as as little as I like the episode. I think this has been one of my favorite recording sessions. Yeah. So, folks out there, if um if you want to listen to us uh, bullshit about non Golden Girls related stuff for another thirty five minutes. Definitely. Uh, <laughs> I think we recorded like 55, and then earlier you're like, oh, we got another 40 minutes at the end, and now you're like 35. Well, it was like, your, I want to say. Ski's anti-Semitism you're editing that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, <now>. well, <laughs> luckily this program that I use, every time Ski drops the N-bomb, it does automatically take well, yeah. out. <laughs> I mean, I had to pay a lot. Of, under the bus. I had to pay a lot of money for that program, but man, it's paid for itself. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, but yeah, I think 
it, it's roughly before I paused it for you to go to the bathroom and then we started the episode and then did another 15 or 20 minutes of nothing. Yeah. Um, I, I think we had about 38 minutes altogether. Gotcha. So uh, between 35 and 40 extra minutes after this, if you're so inclined, um, either way, uh, stay golden, Coco. Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at sophiaschoicepodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at sophiaschoicepc. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden. You can tack it on to the end. Yeah. So so <laughs> you've intentionally avoided a lot of cultural mm-hmm. touchstones. I don't know if you if they've always been intentional, but it's yeah. like it seems like if you don't get in on the ground floor, you're like, fuck it, I'm not gonna even bother to try. <laughs> exactly. And then because I know, you know, like Game of Thrones you never got mm-hmm. into, Walking Dead you never bothered with. Mm-hmm. Um Breaking Bad, I know you've mm-hmm. refused. Now that one, no good excuse for that. But that is a really good series. Um, you should reconsider. And it's a reasonable number of episodes you know, to get through. It ends well. Yeah, it does end very can't well. Really, can't really say much for the other ones. I know you uh, really waited a long time on the hot pocket train, um, <laughs> and then finally gave in to disappointment. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, Julian mis- mentioned on Mad Men or Sopranos. No, I guess because those are things I never have gotten into either. Gotcha. So, um, but yeah, those are definitely. See, I, Sherry and I, you know, we've been working our way through Dexter. Mm-hmm. Did you ever watch that? Yeah. It's well, that's again anything that started on a premium channel. I don't count as much mm-hmm. because a Mad Men wouldn't fall into yeah. that category, but Sopranos and Game of Thrones yeah. certainly does, and yeah. and Dexter also. Yeah. Now, obviously, now with um, Netflix and other services, you can yeah. watch a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we've been watching Dexter, and I've thought about Sopranos, but I know how it ends, mm-hmm. and it's you know it's very well known. I think how mm-hmm. it ends at this point, and even though I know I'm sure it's great, I, mean, I know they got tons of Emmy nominations. I'm sure it's a mm-hmm. really good show all throughout. Yeah. I also know it's a a very unsatisfying ending. Mm-hmm. For which one, Dexter? No, for oh. um, Sopranos. Okay. I've heard the Dexter peters out too. I mean, I. I have mixed emotions because we watched Dexter. Um, so we're in season seven, so or season yeah seven of eight. So don't. I was I was a somewhat late adapter for that one. I think mm-hmm. it was already like halfway through the series when I started watching it. Mm-hmm. So I was able to power through like mm-hmm. half. Yeah. Because uh, one of my best friends, uh, I think you met Bill. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a huge Dexter fan. Oh no, you gotta watch it. Yeah. And Nicole, I think Alan probably knows better than most. She'll just watch all kinds of stuff and like. She'll say, oh, yeah, I watched like four five episodes of that, and then she'll hook me in. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, well, Nicole's able to fit in She's some extra TV between her four hours a week of work. and yeah. her. <laughs> <laughs> well, she does work one night shift a week, too, right? I'll say back then, though, she did work a lot more when she was – but she still managed. But, mm-hmm. like, almost every series, like, I was like, yeah, that seems like an instrument. Yeah, I saw a lot of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, when, when did this happen? Oh, just, you know, every now and then. <laughs> You know, sometimes I wonder how much more TV and whatnot I could fit in if I were to give up video games, or how much more video games I could fit in if I were to give up TV. See, I haven't played any video games for a long time. See, for me, I split it between the two, and so, <clears> like, <throat> like I love Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but I've only made it through the season premiere of this season, and this final season is already over, mm-hmm. and I've only finished one episode, because anytime I have the free time to watch mm-hmm. it, I'm like, okay, well, I have these two different options to pick mm-hmm. from, and sometimes I feel like I would be more settled or whatever, like more, I don't know if satisfied in life is exactly the right word, but 
have less uh, FOMO if I just completely cut off one <laughs> area of entertainment yeah. and focused on the others. But as much as I love graphics mm-hmm. and stuff, I think I would really love some of the new video games out if I. Oh yeah. I don't have a new. I like. I told. I think I told you. I, don't think I told Brent. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any video game systems? No. Have you ever bought any? Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I haven't either. But he knows. Like, I was always the kid without anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I think he probably was already on the Genesis or main Sega. Dreamcast or something. Yeah. When I finally got mm-hmm. a Sega Game Gear, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is the uh, little handheld yeah, one, yeah. and uh, my parents bought that for like our seventh or eighth grade. I don't say graduate. Well, maybe maybe it was eighth yeah, grade graduation like zone, But anyway, mm-hmm. yeah. And then when I moved out on my own, I bought a PlayStation Two, mm-hmm. and my uh, roommate at the time bought an Xbox. Mm-hmm. It was like one of the original Xboxes, yeah. and so we played both of those. Yeah. And I played them quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't days. enough to hook in to continue. Well, no, I just, I, I mean, I played hours and hours of PS2, mostly mm-hmm. Gran Turismo because I'm kind of a car guy, but yeah. I, I haven't ever bought another uh, <laughs> play PlayStation or anything like that. Yeah. See, I feel like for me, it's only, it, it's gone up and down to some extent, but especially now the boys are into games. I'm in Gwen to a certain extent. Um, I feel like my, like I, I've played more games now than I did not when I was a kid, but you know, there was a long period probably between graduating high school and I don't know, probably I'll say seven, eight years ago, where it definitely would kind of ebb and flow, mm-hmm. but less so. I feel like I play more now than I did in my twenties. Well, Melissa's never got into it, so if she had, I think probably I would have been more into it too. But... Yeah, maybe so. I know as far as gaming goes, I've never even gotten into Sudoku. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, me and the kids play board games together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know my son, um, he has a, a PlayStation thing. So um, and back when he first got it, we did a couple of uh, the James Bond one. We played that a little bit. Um, but yeah, just not a, a gamer whatever, yeah. as far as that goes. So. Well, I mean, I feel like if you don't grow up doing it, then you're not super it's likely all, to really get into it. Too, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, like, I mean, I had a Nintendo, um, just the NES. That was it. And then <clears throat> later I did have an N64 uh, when I was first out on That's my a pretty own. good little system. My brother yeah. bought one of those. Yeah. So I think GoldenEye and Mario 64 and Podracer. Yeah. yeah. Um, the only three games I remember having for that one. Those are the big ones I think that were for the yeah, series anyway. Yeah, yeah. We ended up getting so, the Donkey Kong 64. Oh, yeah. That was actually a really good little yeah, game. Yeah. The, um, what was the one Donkey Kong Country? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's With it. Diddy Kong? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. What system was that for? Um, I think that was Super Nintendo, at least the first one. Okay. You know, and I think they continued yeah. along with that series, so N64 probably had a version of it. Yeah. yeah. I worked at... Um, uh, I was working at Walmart. Uh, I worked at Walmart all through high school okay. because it was the closest thing my hometown had to a music store. Um, and so <laughs> that's, that's where I was. That's pretty sad. In the, in the electronics <laughs> department. And I was working there when Donkey Kong Country came out. And um, me and, um, like, he, he was a buddy of mine in that he worked there. Like, we went to school together and everything, but we weren't really close until we started working together. Okay. And then I was like, oh, this guy's, you know, kind of cool and everything like that. And so we were always just doing stupid high school stuff while we were working there. And then um, 
one day he got a um, a black sharpie and um drew we got him like this big giant donkey kong country cardboard cutout okay <laughs> and i don't know if you remember but donkey kong had some massive pecs on him right yeah you know um so he got a sharpie and drew some nipples <laughs> on those pecs <laughs> And I just thought that was hilarious. But then I was like, well, shit, this is what's going to be getting us fired. <laughs> and so I was like, all right. So I went over to, you know, ladies wear and got them across my heart bra and put that on the Donkey Kong because I thought, well, this is better. It makes it more family appropriate. <laughs> yeah. you know? And so we did that. And, um, and I thought, you know, problem solved. And then the store manager, um, he was not happy. And he was like, take that off. And I'm like, no, I don't think we should. <laughs> and he's like, do it. And I was like, no. And he's like, I'll do it. And he goes over there. And like, he takes it off. And then you know, we see the nipples again. And then I'm like, I raised my hand up and covered my co-worker's eyes. Just <laughs> something stupid to do. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, there's another time I got written up for a theft of company time. Uh, <laughs> another time? <laughs> you stole a lot of company time in your oh, day? I did. I've stolen so much time from Walmart <laughs> when I was in high school. <laughs> I gotta say, we probably stole some time, too. Oh, yeah, definitely. I yeah. There are certain jobs when I definitely stole more time than I could <laughs> earn my keep. Yeah. But, um, I got written up at um, Burger King for the same thing. Oh, really? Theft of company time. <laughs> yeah. I can't say that I've ever been written up for it. Yeah. Uh, I guess I was more sly about it than yeah. you were, apparently. But. Yeah. So the Burger King that I worked at, um, it was one of those, you know, you know. You know how the drive-thru works. So it circles around the building. Right. Okay. And... I was there working the drive-through, and we had on I had on a headset, and then the manager also had on a headset so she could listen in and keep you know an ear on things or right. whatever. And a fire truck, you know, obviously too big to get through the drive-through, so he just pulled directly up to the window, mm, exactly. and it just sort of startled me that I, I look <laughs> up and there's a fire truck there, um, fire engine there, and so I. I'd pay Did it have like an calls. awning or anything? No. Do you no, think no. you would work yeah, toward no, that? No. Oh. It was old school, there was nothing there. Gotcha. Um, so I was like, you know, I hit the intercom button to talk to my manager, and I was like, there's a fire engine in the drive through. <laughs> and she's like, well, what do they want? And I, I didn't know. And so I was like, well, I'll just say something stupid about myself sometime. Right. <laughs> and so I hit the button and I was like, 20,000 large ice waters. <laughs> Which I thought was really funny. Yeah, I mean, that's a great quick joke for, for, <laughs> for a teenager. Exactly. Especially for a fire truck. I mean, yeah. that's a yeah, very perfect. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I got written up for that because I was supposed to have been taking their order instead of, you oh. know. Making with the funny. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't give you a raise for that. <laughs> well, that's why you're not managing. That's um, absolutely true. <laughs> right. so. Maybe one day, Alan. Yeah. Like, one day. So that's like your aspiration. One <laughs> <laughs> day, manage a Burger King. Well, you know. Burger King wasn't even my hometown. I don't even think like manage. I think maybe maybe middle management or like underling of some kind. Oh, okay. So like um. My hometown had two Burger Kings, and I did not work at either. Um, I worked at the Burger King, you know, two towns over. Okay. Um, because uh, a buddy of mine said we should get jobs there. 
And I was like, why are we going to drive all the way up there just to order the goddamn burger? <laughs> right. We have two of them. Is there hot chick there or something? Well, that's what he said. He's like, we know all the girls working at those Burger Kings. We don't know the girls working <laughs> at that Burger King. So and you're still strange the, as a serious. Exactly. It's still one of the smartest things anybody has ever said to me. <laughs> and so like when my time at that Burger King ended, I just kept moving further and further from my hometown. It's like I moved up to the Wendy's and then to the La Bambas. <laughs> This <laughs> meeting learning more and more exotic. <laughs> Lesson learned and reapplied, right? Exactly. So I'm surprised that you know, basically knowing your um, predilections, that you never tried to work at the Mark Pies. <laughs> <or> any... <laughs> exactly. So my hometown had a Chinatown district. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that you found a way to continue to steal company time, but not get caught for it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, we're recording this on company time, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm currently unemployed, no. so it's all good. So you're only stealing your own time at yeah, this exactly. point? <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I guess I technically I am unemployed, but I'm freelancing for 40 hours a week, so. Yeah, I don't know, right? does that qualify as unemployed? I mean, you can't qualify, or you can't file for unemployment, right? Um, yeah, if you're I did go ahead and, like, I filed... In case. Uh, yeah, but I've not done any, like, the weekly vouchers or whatever, because um, the amount that I've been earning as freelance has been more than I would get, so it's yeah, it's a wash. So, yeah. Um, I'm yeah. glad they've been able to fill that void for you. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, me and Al have both been on the unemployment train. It's no fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it wasn't too bad for me, because... Um, you know, I, I, you well, know, of course, I actually did all. Yeah, exactly. I actually did all the work yeah. required. Yeah, I don't, I don't doubt that at all with you. I mean, with me, in all honesty, I, um, I, I guess I kind of took an approach to it, which you know is bad. But my approach it to totally it was, worked. Well, it, totally it was more worked. or less. I've never taken any money out of the system um, to this point, and so I guess I kind of took the approach of like, well, you know, this will probably be the one time mm-hmm. when I would need public assistance, yeah. and. You know, it, it helped. I was able to get through school, and I've paid plenty of taxes since mm-hmm. then. And yeah. you know, I may not have applied for uh, very many of the jobs I claim to have applied for um, <laughs> during that time. But you know, I paid into the system before. I paid into the system many times mm-hmm. afterwards. And yeah. you know, I would say the one part of the system that I maybe kind of skirted uh, in all of that was uh, I've ever told you about the oh, shoot. What's it called? Give me just a second to try to replace the name. Manpower? No, no, that's its own story. <laughs> well, while you're thinking of yeah. that, so like, as far as like the unemployment benefits go, I mean, all you were doing was collecting the money that your previous employer had paid in right. on your behalf. Yeah. So it's sort of a victimless crime. And I was laid off, so I wasn't fired. Yeah, exactly. You know, there was nothing that I did that, exactly. you know, caused me to be on the unemployment line. Yeah. Um, it was just the company downsized. Yeah. So, yeah. Exactly. That's what ours was, the same. Yeah. So, yeah, I've, uh, I'm trying to think. Mm-hmm. I've only been fired from one job in the past, um, and that one I think I was railroaded in. Yeah. So. Yeah. Other than that, I've always either left on my own volition or because of a, a layoff. Yeah. So. My uh, glass door review for my last place of employment uh, published on Thursday. Oh, really? What's it called? Uh, like on glass door, we can review your employer. employer oh, okay, okay, that, uh, gotcha. I've not so. heard of that before. Yeah. Was it glowing? <laughs> no, it's not. It <laughs> no, you, you should check it out. It's kind, of a, kind of a Yelp thing for employment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, like <clears throat> current <throat> former employees are like the pros and cons for working there. Very and, cool. Glass door. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can list your, if you want to, you can list your salary so people 
if somebody's like applying for your job or something like that, they can be like, okay, well, they pay pretty good or not good at all, whatever. I remember the place name. So I had this, uh, so unemployment was ending, right? Yeah. Like it was at the point where uh, I was on the last tier or something. Mm-hmm. And I was still, I had gone to like tons of interviews and stuff, right? Yeah. And most of the jobs I applied for, I was kind of shooting high mm-hmm. because I didn't want to obviously undercut what I was making before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And none of the places that, you know, were looking at jobs I could definitely get mm-hmm. were in the price range I was looking for. But yeah. one place, it was kind of in the mid-range. Yeah. I figured, you know, I, I, I tried to always at least do interviews if they offered them. Yeah. And so this place called Vivilac, it was like, I think on the east side, like northeast maybe. Okay. Uh, I may be totally wrong. I don't remember. That's fine. But it uh, doesn't matter. Anyway, it's a yogurt culture place. Okay. Right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Now, when you say yogurt culture, you mean they, they like grow yogurt cultures or it's like, oh, like yogurt culture. Like you're like, yeah, they're all into yogurt. It's all about the yogurt totally lifestyle. Yogurt, yeah. <laughs> so, well, if they're called Vivilac, I understand the black <laughs> comes from. Right. But what the hell's a Viva? Live. So it's like probably like live, live Viv- yogurt. <laughs> yeah, more or less. Viva, like life. Like yeah. Spanish life. Yeah, that'd be my guess. Viva Lac. Maybe. That really may be the answer to it. But so, anyway, so Spanish yeah. Spanish cream. They made uh, yogurt cultures. And so I, I went in for the interview. Don't you just keep using the same one over and over again, though? For what? Yogurt cultures. Um, I Like you got one, and then like that's your starter. Yeah, and it's just like see. basically like the, the yeast and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If well, you just like take a spoonful out. Like, I don't know exactly what <coughs> I did because I didn't stay around long enough to find out. <laughs> but what I did learn <laughs> is the I... story devolves into you masturbating into a vat. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way you work the system. <laughs> and then you file for unemployment still. Because <laughs> you're like, it wasn't, it wasn't expressly in the rules that I wasn't allowed to masturbate into the vat. So I felt like I was wrongly terminated. Right. <laughs> so that's how I skirted no the system. <laughs> right. There's nowhere in the handbook that it even mentioned masturbation. <laughs> I think there was a serious over, oversight from right. the HR. <laughs> Dropped your banana on there, and it's like, look, it's fruit on the top. Yeah. <laughs> Just that a serious uh, left turn I did not see coming. <laughs> Do you want to hear the story or not, Brent? <laughs> I think he's already written his own story that he prefers to whatever yeah, you're going to say. But... I, the real story does not hold a candle. <laughs> You're working in a yogurt culture. I never worked there. I never worked there. I just applied for, there. I, I applied there. Uh, was one of like the because you're supposed to do like three a week or something. Yeah. So I pulled in the in the parking lot and I take a you know, walk out of the car. I said, like, "Man, that's what is that smell? Mm-hmm. Right? It's yeah. not good." Yeah. And uh, I thought maybe because it's kind of out in the middle of a field, I thought maybe it was just horse and cow smell or something. Okay. Got closer to the building. Like, nope, nope, it's the building. The building mm-hmm. smells really, really bad. Okay. Yeah. Because it's freaking rotten milk, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. So I get in there. Um, I, after just maybe 10 minutes, my eyes are kind of watering. Mm-hmm. My nose is stinging. It's yeah. pretty bad. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, they, you know, sit me down. We talk for a while. I think we actually went to, like, a front area, like a business, like, mm-hmm. like office area, which yeah. wasn't so bad. Not mm-hmm. bad at all. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, this is not so awful. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they gave me a little tour around the place, and I got real close to mm-hmm. where the bad smell started. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, long story long at this point, um, we actually, the, the interview 
went well enough on their end, I guess, mm -hmm. from, from what I was telling them, that they had me talk to two other groups. Mm -hmm. <laughs> At this point, I was kind of wishing I had just lied or yeah, give yeah. them some answers that just didn't sound so great. Yeah, right. But I was there for probably an hour and a half, maybe two hours. Uh -huh. I don't remember exactly. Yeah. And just putting up with this horrible smell the whole time. <laughs> and just like, okay, finally it's over. So I got back in the car, drove away. Yeah. And, of course, they offered me the job. The rule is supposed to be mm -hmm. at that point because I'd gone through and yeah. so long that I, mm -hmm. if I'm offered a job, I should have taken it. Yeah. I told them no mm -hmm. <laughs> because yeah. I couldn't imagine having day in and day out of work and that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, you're, uh, you stole from the government, is what you're yeah. telling us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I appreciate that you turned yourself in. Um, well, if it's on you know, recording, yeah. You know. Well, you know, I mean, this isn't the podcast hasn't started yet, technically. Um, and now we're about <laughs> 20 minutes in. So I'm kind of wondering do I put this whole chunk on the back end? Because <laughs> I feel like it has been good conversation. Um, I, I say definitely, you know, uh, extra for the uh, for the paid viewers or, or listeners. Uh, yeah, so so for no one then. <laughs> so so for myself because I think I'm the only one who's paying. Well, the, it's for later on. <laughs> you, you download the MP3. You turn it into a zip file. You email it off to Numi. <laughs> enjoy, loyal listener. <laughs> well, we have, like I said, there's at least. Uh, <laughs> 38 39 maybe yeah. 40 loyal listeners okay. at this point um so but the only other ones that i know you know are, are pretty small select group so i guess i'll just you know email it to those that i, <laughs> that I know at this point um so i was, and definitely like throw the whole thing onto the tail end okay um if you want to cut off part of it, cut off this part. Um, I once interviewed with a midget, oh. and that did not go well. <laughs> so it did not go well because you were just too distracted? Yes. Mm. Um, like, for some, they double booked the conference room, so we had to go to her cubicle um, so she could interview me. Mm -hmm. And she was sitting in a normal person chair, oh. and her little legs were just dangling <laughs> off the end. <laughs> and then you masturbated on her face. And and she wanted to hire you, but she just weren't into it. So yeah, yeah definitely cut this whole part off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it definitely took a turn. Like, like I was like, well, the term midget's not really a good term. And then admitting you were uncomfortable, or at least distracted, yeah. not uncomfortable, but distracted by it is doesn't look good on you. But then Ski talking about <laughs> masturbating onto the person's face yeah. i think that uh, yeah. it's funny because i look at ski and he's like he talked about me masturbating into a vat of yogurt how's that different and now you're calling someone a little person disabled <laughs> yeah i probably have about two minutes to cut off the end of this so Good times. Oh, it's good, good stuff, times. though. That's the bad thing. It's good, bad stuff. Um, yeah. Anyways. The crap is usually the worst. Yeah. So you guys ready? Whenever you are, sir. All right. Let me drink real quick. Pull up my notes. <clears throat> oh, real quick, though. Yeah. As far as, like, TV shows and whatever. Mm -hmm. You two haven't seen Doctor Who, have you? No. Have you? No, it's definitely a big I watched a spot. few a long time ago. My dad was into it. Yeah. I am now up to, uh, I finished 49% of it. Wow. So, uh, the, like, they consolidate, like, four or five, or three, two to four episodes back in the olden days okay. would be considered one story. Oh, okay. So, there have been 295 stories, and I have now seen 145 of them. Wow. So, I'm at 49%. Um, so, this weekend, I'll crack the 50%. Now, are you watching all the Doctor Who's from, like, the yeah. very, very old? Yeah. 
Um, well, I started, and this kind of pisses me off. So when the, the relaunch in 2005, um, I had seen sporadically from there until current. Um, so I started back in 2005 mm-hmm. and I was like, well, I'll just rewatch all of it. That way I'll definitely hit the ones that I missed along the way. And then I jumped back to 1989 um, when it sort of like ended, you know. Um, when did it start initially, do you know? 63. Actually, November 22nd, 1963, hmm. which is the thing we've had on this podcast a few times. Yeah. That, um, that, that assassination and lost heart and died, I think. Not to be confused with Rogers. And <laughs> right. I don't have notes. <laughs> <laughs> it was the day of Kennedy's assassination. <clears throat> so. Um, so the show premiered the day, like the actual day, then, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, huh, that's interesting. That is crazy. Yeah. That's an odd coincidence. Yeah, <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> so um, here's something else, fun fact or whatever. Um, you know, Gilligan's Island, mm-hmm. like it didn't premiere then, but they started filming it like a week or so after the Kennedy assassination. So, like in the original opening credits. You can see the flag at half mast. Oh, really? Um, you know, like when the ship set sail, right. three hour tour, there's a flag at half mast because, you know, Kennedy's body was still warm. Hmm. Um, yeah. well, but then there was a, a TV movie where they tried to bring it back in 96, and I tried to watch that today, um, but it was like, it's not the right region for my Blu ray. Oh, program, okay. So, so you have that one little hole. But yeah. other than that, all I've seen from 89 through current. Wow, it's pretty now, impressive. Jumped back to uh, seventy four is one neck. Okay, so um, so after seventy four, I'm jumping to seventy six. Now, does 81. it follow a concurrent? Well, you said it was like <laughs> stories. Does it have like a thematic story that runs through the entire yeah, series? Or? No, and there's no consistency as far as like within like each individual story. There's some logic, but it's all willy nilly <laughs> as far as like <laughs> now, like what? one of my favorite things is when they did like the relaunch. They they try to stick a little bit more to it's like okay well there are certain things you just cannot change you know um, but they violate that all the time oh, okay. and they did back then so but you know it's, it's really really good I love it it's a good show one so. thing I've always wondered I know they change like the cast member for Doctor Who quite yeah. often is it always supposed to be the same person yeah. in reality mm-hmm. or okay yeah. I didn't know if it yeah. was they just regenerate their physical form. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as part of that, they do have slightly different personalities, and they're at the stage now where each of the actors sort of draws upon the ones that From they the personally before. liked. Yeah. yeah, they're like, so I'll take this aspect of this one, this aspect of that one, and sort of create. Yeah, because they've been around for so long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would say that is a such a brilliant premise mm-hmm. as far as because you know then you can have fresh cast and all mm-hmm. that you know on a consistent basis, yeah. but still keep the same mm-hmm. you know story going and. Yeah. and now it's it's ironic that they have that and yet they don't have like good continuity really in between yeah. <laughs> the different series. And like um so um his arch nemesis, the master, can also regenerate. Oh, okay. So same deal. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they've been battling each other for fifty years or whatever. Um, but one of the episodes that I just watched, that iteration of the master died. Um and like they didn't show the regeneration, but I'd seen the episodes after that, so I knew that they did regenerate. But when I watched that death, I was really kind of bummed out because they sort of died becoming a good person. Oh, okay. And then like they sort of just totally undid the fact that they, you know, found peace and became a good guy, <laughs> you know, for a brief moment. 
with the next. Gotta get rid of that. Yeah, that's you don't want that in your life. Yeah. <laughs> but the current um, <clears throat> one last thing on Doctor Who. Sure. The current Doctor Jodie Whittaker, amazingly good. I really like her. Um, but she did a um, uh, um, what's her name? Uh, so. Rose Parks. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, that's a thing that I should probably know. <laughs> so they did a, a Rosa Parks episode, um, and it was really, really, really good um, because, like, the whole Rosa Parks bus thing was, like, happening in the episode, but it was sort of happening not in the background, but it wasn't, like, the A story to oh, okay. the episode. Um, so like the A story was going on and that's what Doctor Who was involved in. And then Rosa Parks was doing her own thing. And the way it was sort of put together, like everything that Rosa Parks did, like all of that good stuff, 100% Rosa. Like it wasn't like a white person oh, sort okay. of nudging her. It's like, hey, why don't you sit in the back of the bus? <laughs> you know, like yeah. in front of the bus. Or right, yeah. You know, it was like all her. They didn't take Yeah, there away definitely her. were white people nudging her to sit in the back yeah, of the bus. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they didn't take away Rosa Parks' moral victory. Oh, well, that's good. Um, and I really appreciated that. So, yeah. Well, um, yeah, like I said, we're watching Dexter right now. And I think the next show that Sherry and I are going to watch is going to be Fargo. Uh, that's what I'm leaning towards. Yeah. Have you watched that? No. Because I know you, you, weren't you a pretty big fan of the movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Big, big fan. The movie is um, really good. I've never seen the series. Yeah, I haven't either, but I've heard really good things. Um, you watch Santa Clarita Diet. I know. It's it's all near too, but. Mickey's watched part of that also. That's not a surprise. I've not seen any of it. It's so amazingly good. Really? Oh, yeah. It's, it's, got, it's got Drew Barrymore, right? Yeah. And Timothy Elephant. Yeah, he's yeah. good too. I yeah. like him. It's one of the. Probably ten funniest shows ever made. It's wow. so amazing. Is it still it? going, or is it? Is nah, it after the third season they canceled it? Did it end well at least, or they just did they expect to be still going and they got good? Yeah, I mean it's. I mean it sucks that it ends, but it's one of those things that it's fine. Like they definitely set it out. So I was like, oh well, season four would have been kick ass, but it's also like, well, at least we got the three seasons we got. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I. Mostly when they like, they do cancel series mm-hmm. yeah. and they cut it like a cliffhanger or something where you're expecting so much more like oh yeah. what's next yeah nothing yeah. <laughs> yeah I was really nervous about Runaways because um, they had three seasons <clears throat> of that which you said you've watched the first two but haven't got around to the third mm-hmm. and I was because I don't think it was a show that was canceled with the knowledge that it'd be canceled because I think it was one of those ones that was kind of a a victim mm-hmm. if you will of the merger of you know yeah. Disney taking over Hulu and mm-hmm. whatnot. Um, and so, like I said, I, I was concerned that it was going to be, uh, but it, it didn't wrap. I mean, it, it, there, there are, you could follow along other storylines. Mm-hmm. Like it didn't leave it to where it was completely like, okay, everything's done. And yeah. you know, all the characters are dead, yeah. but, um, but it wrapped it up in a very satisfying yeah. way, unexpectedly. So, yeah. um, but yeah, there's a, so Fargo, I think is the next one, but Santa Cruz died. I'll definitely push for that one again. And then with the kids, we're currently watching The Office, which is, I all of them seem to be, well, the, the two older ones definitely seem to be into it. Liam rarely cares, um, whatever we're watching. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and we're about a season and a half in on that so far. Mm-hmm. It, it's a little bit, um, there's more adult jokes in it than I remember there being. Um, <laughs> but, you know, because there, <laughs> there was one time where, it's in the first season, but I think uh, Michael's sitting on Phyllis's lap, mm-hmm. and he says something about mm-hmm. like, uh, uh, like the only thing, or there's nothing wrong. I can't remember what he says, but he says something about him getting a boner, yeah. um, and it's supposed to be like a compliment yeah. <laughs> to Phyllis. Yeah. 
Um, and then Joey's like, what's that? And Gwen's like, don't worry about it. <laughs> so like, I, you know, like it bothers me that Gwen knows what it is, but I guess at 12, almost 13, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's not unexpected, but, um, don't worry. It gets far worse. Oh, I'm sure. But when on will on Michael and Jan have their dinner party oh, yeah. and brings his former babysitter. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm really... I'm always going to be like, I didn't know we could do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to... Um, my favorite episode ever is the... I can't remember if it's called Quality Assurance or whatever, but it's mm-hmm. the one where uh, Kelly... Watermark. What's that? With the obscene watermark. No, it's the one where uh, Kelly gives... Uh, Dwight and Jim both bad scores on their mm-hmm. uh, on their reviews, yeah. be, or you know their quality assurance type reviews mm-hmm. because they didn't come to her party. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> and they have that whole exchange where, like I said, I think it's the best couple minutes of that entire series, and yeah. I and I love a lot of it. But where it's like he's saying he's William F. Butlicker, and <laughs> Dwight makes fun of it. And so then he has to talk to his supervisor, and he puts Michael on, and he's like, "Listen, if you fire that guy, or he's like, I like the cut of your jib, I'll pay you." Uh, I'll buy $1 million worth of paper from you if you fire uh, <laughs> that man I was just speaking to. And Dwight's like, don't do it, Michael. Don't do it. And he's like, it's a million dollar sale. <laughs> just that whole whole exchange is great. And I don't know. I, I've been kind of, because that's not till season five, so we have a ways to go. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking about getting, you know, those star mugs. Like I got you, yeah. that Stanley one a while back. And my thought is, I was thinking about getting them for the kids to yeah. give them after that episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and my thought was like, oh, I like I immediately like, oh, Creed. Uh-huh. Um, like I'm trying to think like Toby yeah. and somebody else. And yeah. but Sherry's like, oh, well, they probably like Dwight and mm-hmm. Michael and yeah. <laughs> Jim, yeah. you know, or Pam or somebody. And yeah. I don't know. I was like, oh no, you got to go with the obscure. It's, yeah, <laughs> exactly. They have a Florida Stanley Funko figure. Oh really? That I absolutely love. <laughs> Oh, he's got like the the button down shirt, like the like well, like, like the Panama hat. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, my wife and I are currently watching um episodes. Oh, okay. Um, I've heard really good things oh, about that. So amazingly good with uh, Matt LeBlanc. Yeah, me and uh, Nicole watched that a little bit. Yeah, it's not so, so long much. though. That's been canceled too. Yeah, right? yeah. I don't know if it was canceled or just ran its course or whatever. But Do you yeah. know how many seasons it is? Five. 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 Yeah, we didn't and, see it all then. Yeah, we're getting ready. I think each season's only like eight or nine episodes. Yeah, it's not a lot. So I think think we got to maybe season three. Yeah, I think we're getting ready to wrap that one up. Or maybe we have. So it's so amazingly good. Yeah, I've heard really good things about that. There's another one that I can't think what the name of it is. I I always like think of the name Entourage, but it's definitely not Entourage. It's not anything like that, but and I feel like you told me about this show that I'm interested in. Punky Brewster? Yeah, Punky Brewster. Close. I just remember you said there was an episode with Patrick Stewart in it, and it was... Extras? Extras, yeah. yeah. I knew it was an E. Um, yeah. That's another one I'd like to check out at yeah, some point. it's really good. So, What's that yeah. one about? Um, has Ricky Gervais, and um, it's like, he's a wannabe actor, but the only work he can get is just as an extra <laughs> in movies or whatever, so he's just standing in the background. And then every episode has, you know, uh, like Patrick Stewart or Daniel Radcliffe or somebody's like the star of whatever movie or TV show he's in. Uh-huh. And so he has had sort of an interaction with him. And David Bowie's in an episode. It's it's really good. Well, he's a good conversational yeah. comedian yeah. anyway. So that... This show, um, like, he had a show called Ricky Gervais, Derek. That one was really good. And Helena, more than me, that called Life is Short. Um, that's really good. We both really enjoyed that, but Helena especially loved it. Mm. So, 
Yeah, there's so much entertainment out there, yeah. but episodes is good. It's really good. I think the next one I'm going to put <clears> for <throat> um, the kids. Now, granted, you know we're only like a season and a half in, so we still have a lot of Office left to go. Yeah. But I, I think I'm, I don't think Sherry ever really watched Parks and Rec, mm. and I think that's a really good yeah. one. That's you know reasonably kid appropriate. Yeah, um, so I think that's what I'm going to push for yeah. with them. But yeah. anyways, they I guess like Lost in Space. Yeah, probably from what you said. Mm-hmm. Um, be another good, that was one that we definitely discussed when we were picking out the next show. But I think we had watched almost everything we'd watched. It had some sort of a sci-fi ish mm-hmm. you know angle to yeah. it, like Umbrella Academy and Lock and Key and things like that. And so I think we just decided to watch them. It was totally, yeah. you know, grounded, I guess, in a way. I don't know if you call office grounded, but, you know, comparatively speaking. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Well, we're about 40, 38 minutes on. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> so you ready, Ski? Uh, yeah, hold on a second. Can I use the bathroom while he's doing that? Yeah, that's fine. I'm, I'm done, but... <laughs> You can do that's fine. I hold it. No, no. I mean, we, Please do, we have right. the whole episode now to do. So you mean the second episode? Right. Basically, <laughs> we should make this a whole bonus episode by itself. Yeah, I don't know because I feel like I might have to put a disclaimer because this has been like a lot of enjoyable conversation that I feel like you know would be worth listening to. Maybe well, not. Yeah, just say please. Maybe it's enjoy, enjoyable. Don't like you know report us to anybody. Well, I'm not worried about that. <laughs> Only a disclaimer of like, hey, listen. This episode looks like it's an hour and a half. It's only an hour, but there's a half an hour of us talking at the end. If you want to listen, great. If not, you know, you can cut it off after we're done giving our ratings. But, you know, we had a good time with our conversation, so. We usually do. Yeah.